the voice of one crying the wilderness prepare the way of the lord make straight in the desert a highway for our god the voice of one crying the wilderness prepare the way of the lord make straight in the desert a highway for our god the voice of one amen we will continue our studies from the book of Jude today. The book of Jude, we were at verse 11. Verse 11 says, Woe to them, for they have traveled down Cain's path, and because of greed have abandoned themselves to Balaam's error. Hence, they will certainly perish in Korah's rebellion. We have considered Cain's path. We have analyzed Balaam's error. Hopefully today we will observe Korah's rebellion. Why do we need to know these things? So that we do not fall into these same errors. Scriptures were written for our learning. These things have been written for our learning. If you are given something to learn from, it is to help prevent making the same errors. The book of First Corinthians chapter 1 tells us, chapter 11, First Corinthians chapter 11 tells us, it says that we should not forget that our fathers, and we went into laying out what happened to our spiritual forebears in the nation of Israel. And it says, remember that they partook in the bread and in the wine and all sorts of things. And they were brought out of Egypt. They were born again. They were baptized in the Red Sea, you know, unto Moses and in the cloud. The Bible says all of this. Describes the classic experience of a Christian and says that even though they underwent that, that many of them, with them, many of them, God was not well pleased. And he went on to give four things that disqualified them from arriving in the promised land. Immorality, idolatry, murmuring, grumbling, and tempting Christ. Four things. And he warns the church that if you don't watch it, you too will fall to the same thing. How did that? He said that in verse 11. He said, so therefore let him that thinks he stands, take heed lest he fall. So you that thinks like the children of Israel, have made it. We are out of Egypt. We've won. The Egyptians are gone. But you die in the wilderness. He, he warns us clearly from there. There will be those that always try to say that their situation was different from ours. I don't know how something can be different when the the one who knows all things takes that illustration and applies to you directly. He tells you directly. Says, remember this. Be careful. This may happen to you also. The warning is clear. There's no um, prevarication. There's no going back and forth. You know, the Lord is not uh, insinuating. He's speaking plainly. He's speaking plainly. He's not insinuating. So let us learn from them. And how are we learning? We continue to visit the apostles. 
and the prophets, the apostles and the prophets, in the New Testament. So no one might say, oh, it's from the old. No, it's from the, we just saw this apostle and this prophet warn us about people and refer to three characters from the Old Testament. Just like Paul would, just like the Lord Jesus would. The first here was Cain. The second was Balaam. The third is Korah. He calls it Korah's rebellion. Because Korah was the prime person. So now we have to go visit Korah. The book of Numbers chapter 14. Let's go see what Korah did. What was Korah's rebellion? What must we learn from Korah? And what must we avoid? There are good things to learn and there are bad things from those that have gone before you. You can observe what was bad and avoid their errors. These three guys are bad examples. They are the ones you observe and avoid. You look at them and you know what you should not do. And then there are those you look at and copy. The, how did you say it in the book of Hebrews? They said you should be imitators of those who through faith and patience obtain the promises and he tells you Abraham, Abel and he lists out so there will always be those kinds of characters in scripture you will learn from Ruth, from Sarah you will learn from Rahab you will learn the good from those who did well David, you will avoid the bad the evil from those who did badly every time you go into scripture you must go with this understanding to learn Romans 15.4 these things were written down for our learning. And that first Corinthians 10 says the same thing. That these things happen to them as an example for us. As an example for us. It's not just written, okay, there's an interesting story in the Bible. No, it says it was, it happened to them. Romans says it was written for us. The focus was us. They were our test subjects. Like our guinea pigs. The real focus of every, all of heaven, a great cloud of witnesses, is on you. These guys run ahead to show you how it's done, or how it's not to be done. You are meant to watch them. You know, if you are like me, huh? everyone here, if you are like me, now remember, if you have questions, note them down. When it's time for the questions, you pass them in. If you are like me, we used, we have this tendency to think that those that have been are the main guys. That we were just coming along. Is this how it's been with you? That wow, those guys, wow. Those Bible characters, wow. That would mean you. We were just here. If we can copy a fraction of what they did, we would have tried. That's our thinking, right? But the scriptures contradict that thinking. The scriptures infer that we are the main objects of God's interest and that they were those that did the dress rehearsals. That's what we've just pointed out. It said it happened to them that they were examples. That is an example of the real thing. Did you do maths? Did you get to the general maths textbook and see where he gave examples and gave you the answers. Then it gives you exercises to do. How many of you used to wish that the examples were the exercises? You, come on. So you can see we are all coming from the school system. 
Yes. <laughs> the examples are easier. Now you are the ones in school. Okay, so you understand what I'm saying fully. So, we look at them in the book of Numbers, chapter 14 to 16. So we have a lot of reading to do. I need you paying attention. I need you focused. So I don't leave you behind. We are moving at a brisk pace. The scripture says in verse 1, Then all the community raised a loud cry. Last week, did we begin to look at what happened that led to this? We looked at what happened. Joshua and Caleb had come back, for those that were not here. Joshua and Caleb and the other ten spies, twelve in total, had returned. And they came and said, hey, we've seen the land. It's amazing. However, the ten spies immediately said, but they are giants. It's horrible. Um, we can't take the land. Caleb and Joshua said, no, we can and they repeated, it, it, they are too mighty for us. It's too hard. And we saw what giants are. We considered it. All those things that when you come into the knowledge of God, it arises lust. It arises laziness. It arises fear. I can't make it. I've gotten born again 16 times every time I backslide. It, this thing does not work. In fact, you start telling yourself nobody can do it. Doubt. The enemy attacks you with false knowledge. Deceptive spirits. When you come across the fake, you start doubting the real. So you go to a church and the pastor is a fraud. As he sees, he starts licking his chops, thinking of how much he can make from you. Tries to find a way and know something about you physically or spiritually or just mind. And discovers you're doing a good job. Or you look like you might. So he goes, uh, Madam, um, the problem you're having with your husband, you know, to <laughs> hear people say, I'm not married. And he goes like, um, yeah, well, this happened. Someone told me how went with a friend to a church. And she was kind a uh, rapper. And she's not married at all. <laughs> she has body small. I mean, like her sister here. So <laughs> they said, you're happy with your husband. <laughs> I don't think the girl said anything, but the girl did not have a husband. So she started having problems even before. All those kinds of things. So next thing they start coming up. So you could go to church and you have a fraud. And it's very common, unfortunately. You know, and he's there and all he's thinking about, you know, if it's a girl, he's thinking of sleeping with her. If it's a guy, he's thinking of taking money. These are giants. It puts doubts in your heart. And people start saying, is anyone real? Is there any real church? Is there any real God? Is there anything real at all? I beg, leave that thing, Joe. I even better pass them. And these are the things that have come upon the church in a very significant way. All over the place. Not just in Nigeria, Africa. All over the world, but it's kind of very blatant here, you know, like blatant. Someone meets someone today and he's trying to sleep with you the next morning. Not you today. By 6 a.m. By 6 a.m. He's telling the young lady, you come back to church. The young lady shows up by 6 in the morning. Say, so make sure you come alone. Bring this, bring that, bring that. She goes, hustles money, raises her auntie that took her there to raise money, buy things like a chair. All those kinds of things, you know, immediately contributing. If I took a chair from all of you by now, you wouldn't like it. So you start taking chairs. 
you know, but has made that bring a chair, whether a broom, you know, so they come her brooms, you know, all that, just four or five things, and then he to give her what, 6 a.m. in the morning, told her come early, <laughs> yes, and yes, truly, um, you need to get, uh, I'm too embarrassed to say it again, but, ah, dear God, ah, just bad stuff. Once we sleep with that, 6 a.m., you saw me yesterday, you won't sleep with me today. You won't even afford me checking, like relationship, like something. Just straight to the point. Evil. With a signboard. Church, uh, some, I forgot the name. Why, like, down there. Yes, sir. Mm. And imagine that girl lives there. <laughs> hey, I told you about that one that left one Orthodox church, or, or, or one church, eh? and got there. And the Bible study teacher said, Come, let me show you what you should not do if anybody says you should do it. <laughs> Come into my room. <laughs> let me show you what you should do if someone says you should do it. <laughs> Practical, so. <laughs> the, girl, the girl was bad. But when she came and within how, how long? I don't know how long it took. The girl, what should she do? Once she run away, she runs away. Like, goes like, what on earth? I want to be good. So all these things are the giants that people see and say, it's impossible. Nobody can do it. Are you going to be more powerful than a pastor? Even the pastors couldn't face those giants. These giants overcame him. Who am I? So, this, I, I, if you are together now, right? Fear. You know, fear that you can't make it. Fear that you'll be overcome. Fear that you're going to start following God and you'll not make it to the end. That's a major thing with even some of us here. Even though you believe and overcome many other giants, you still carry those fears. You don't believe that he who began, you're committing the same sin these children of Israel committed. You're acting like the giants are bigger than you. God, the God that brought you so far. And all you need to do is look how far you've come, especially if you've experienced the power and goodness of God in some way. Why should you insult him by implying that he can't bring you into the land? You're committing, you're here pointing at the children of Israel thousands of years ago and committing the same sin. And you must not. You must not commit the same sin. You must not test the Lord your God. Don't hear it and say, eh, what was wrong with them? You, what's wrong with you? You that believes you cannot work with God in a deep and proper relationship. The desert, the wilderness is not a deep and proper relationship. There's encounter with God in the wilderness. There's manna, there's water from the rock. There's a mountain with smoke and fire. There's the voice of God in the wilderness. But he wants you in the promised land. He, wants, he doesn't want water from a rock following you around. He wants water from heaven. He wants an open heaven over you. He, he, he wants constant interaction. He wants a land with milk and honey and wine, grapes, everything. If you hear reading Deuteronomy 11, it's, it's a, a land of, it, it's not, it's not um, dryness everywhere and supernatural encounters. No, he wants you to live in, in abundant, flourishing relationship. 
peace. He wants you in a land where you overcome all your enemies, all these temptations that are common to man. You overcome all. You look at loss, get up, laziness, sit down, everything. And you're walking in victory and freedom over sin. In the wilderness, looks, in spite of those miraculous things that were happening, they kept sinning. That's one of the signs that you're in a wilderness. It's a place that you have multiple opportunities to grumble. Things keep happening. Now they should not have grumbled, but the wilderness is a place they passed through for a year, nearly two years. A year and some months, but almost two years. Because when they were diverted and came back, they spent 38 more years for the 40 years to elapse. They spent two years. A wilderness is a place you could go through very fast. It's about 11 days journey to a certain route. But God said he didn't want them to see war. So it's an easier way so they won't run back to the world immediately. It's a gradual process. It's a gradual process that is not, it's still tough. There's some test, there's lack of some sort. But you don't see great war. You don't see opposition. All this is in the Bible. Have you read it before? Where God said he didn't want them to see war? Oh yes, the Bible says so. So he took them through a longer route. That longer route lasted two years. On the border of the place was called Kadesh Barnea, they were supposed to cross over into the promised land. And that's where this debacle occurred. This very unfortunate series of events occurred there. People who went ahead, I like to say the closest to that would be pastors, leaders in the body of Christ, who have gone to check out the land, who God sent, came back and said, you can't make it. Came back and stood on the pulpit and said, listen to me, everybody has his weakness. Amen? And you say amen with passion, because you're like, it's true, it's true. Everybody has his weakness. Even the most powerful man of God has his own thing he's toiling under. It doesn't mean, and goes out of their way to try to say, listen to me, find your weakness, stick with it, one or two. Um, you die with it. You can't overcome this giant. It's too big. It's stronger than God. We all stumble in many ways, Jake said. Nothing like everyone has his own weakness. Mine is fornication. Eh, what's your own? Mm, lying, young eh? one, stealing. Eh, what's your own? Have you met? Have you heard this phrase about my weakness? Can you give me some more? Sorry, forget. Anger, anger. I'm weakness. Angry when I'm angry like this. Eh? Where is my weakness? My, like everybody you have to understand that's my weakness. Live with it, endure it. If I kill you in the process, take it like that. What else? Sleep. Mood's a demonic in, uh, manifestation. Okay, they call it mood swings. See, she's not in the mood. She has this mood. She's in one of those her moods. Bam. Then the change is like, it, it, it's, it's like when I was young, thriller. Michael Jackson, the first, I mean, I was small like that, and they show thriller. Did you ever watch thriller? No, you shouldn't, but. You know, now I remember when he goes like that, and he and, and he goes, what does he tell her? Uh, honey, or whatever he tells her, don't be afraid. Then he turns. Ah, 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 ah,
You just smile on this side, you're one. You turn on this side, you're a devil. The eye change, you're a werewolf. Okay, so that's my example. What's that? If you want to be a werewolf, be a werewolf. If you want to be a human being, be a human but don't be the two. Oh, he said something like, come on, honey, let's go home. That Michael Jackson voice. Let's go home. A mood swing. It's not a mood swing. He said, it's my weakness. That's how. Don't be like that. Be constant. Please. Nobody wants to be around standing on ground. You never know when it will shake. What else? Weakness. My weakness. Laziness. Okay. Uh, hardly. Most people don't even consider that one. Thing. Looking at pornography. The secret. Some drinking. Couldn't overcome it. That, that's his weakness. Those heights and drinks and, and gets tipsy days at night at least. Or in the evenings at night. They go somewhere. Do something and eh. Uh, and says it's my weakness. So people go ahead and come back and say, listen, they are giants. You can't walk in perfect victory. We can't conquer all this land. We can't take this land. It's too hard. We may go to church, but we can't be more than conquerors through Christ Jesus who loves us. That's the message that has been brought to many. You can't overcome your lust for things. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. You must always want, you must always have. You're, you're not going to be able to overcome that love for cars. Ah, in this world, I must drive the best. Ha <laughs> ha, my God is a rich God. And, and here you are with that idol sitting there waiting for you to, you know, be able to use whatever means. How will the person not say so when he's planning to milk you and buy a Rolls Royce? So he can't come up plainly and tell you, listen to me. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. From the Father of light, with whom there is no variableness, nor shadow of turning. God is not going back and forth. Therefore, if he wants to give you a Rolls Royce, he will not tell you to compromise. There won't be a going back and forth. He won't come and stand here and say, listen, God is telling me that many of you are not giving according to his will. He has placed burdens. This work which I'm doing, we have great missionary responsibilities. We have, have burdens you are not aware of because we don't come. And you people, you have not supported the work of God. And you start crying all over to a woman will leave your girl and sell a husband car. Husband's can bring the money, you know, especially the women, you know, you do all sorts of things. You can sell your hair, you sell it and give it. You know, wonderful, it should be so. The men need to repent. However, this missions, next thing you see one bam car like this. You guys say bam. Nobody talks like that anymore. Yeah, God, I just went to the 90s. I'm sorry. So, you know, and you see one thing cruising, you're like, who has come visiting? And pastor steps out in white shoes. <laughs> Great missionary endeavor. Now, use your head. Great missionary devil. How did that happen? You see, he has that giant has overcome him. his his greed for cars, his idol that he saw years ago and said, "I must drive a Hummer, I must drive a this, I must." He believes he can't overcome it that he can't die. He can't enter into a, a land 
where you are contented with the rain that God gives from heaven, that whatever he blesses you with, you receive it in good faith. He, he says it's not possible. He says, everybody in this life must want something. Like one of our brothers and someone said, everybody is following God for something. That's <laughs> why, so is it the praise for something? Praising for God gives something. Is it the prayer? Is it the attendance in church? Is it sweeping? Is it being a department for something? For something? For something? For something? For something? You mean you couldn't just follow God because He's God and you are His creature and He's the Creator? Mm-mm. It has to be for, for protection, for long life, for exam success. <laughs> I almost missed it, students. So you will help me make it in this life. Tell your neighbor you make it in this life. <laughs> So many God, you make it, you make it. If you believe it, have you killed him? You're sitting down there to say amen. If you know you don't have money, sit down, please. God is watching you. Now, these are the things that people say, mm, cars are my weakness, so I have only 25. You think I'm joking, right? <laughs> this is real. People have, and they consider them weaknesses. They call them things like a weakness. Call them a weakness. No, it's a giant which has overcome you. You stood there and pretended to cry. That you're under, you want balance. You've been saving money, ignoring the poor and the needy in the church. You've been gathering and keeping. Gathering. Gathering, 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 gathering and keeping. And they need a balance of 385,000. That's, that's why he came and stood here and, and pulled some, some, some shenanigans. Now you got the balance. As you go home, you say, ah, your wife said, darling, how much? Or you answer, hey, oh yeah, 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 how much was it? You don't believe this happens behind. Happens, <laughs> it happens everywhere. How much was it? Okay, I'll balance some people as they are on the way to church. They are saying today that balance will not come out of that place. And all I have to do is have a message. If you want to partake in this thing, if it's not, if it's a hard headed group that are doubting, I'll bring a guest list. Yes, yes. tell him behind that you can raise less than 500. Me, I need 385. I'll give you the balance. You are able to, when you go, there are two people. Usually sit to the right. Husband and wife, they, they like wearing too much. Mm? And my husband. And he has supported that. I don't know why he has not seen with me. Okay, about this project. So, you know, this is it. That, you, how many of you, you don't, you don't, you don't believe it. You don't know it's done. You, or you never, you don't know this kind of thing at all. May you not know. I told you, may I suffer for you and may you hear it from me. See this people. People sit down and give people details. There's this woman, she's a widow, she has money, da, 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 da. She, she has a car, this color, details. And someone comes and I come here, rumbo, shikata, kikata, mikata, wisata. As I was praying, I can see, I can see. It's red, red, I can see. JK375 LA. 
Matu, Satu, Tatu. Does that mean anything to anyone here? For real, people, I'm not playing. Happening everywhere. If you see, you cry and faint. And they are mixing tongues, mixing everything. It's happening every. It's happening so much that you, your heart and mind wouldn't want to believe how much is happening. And they think out there, and the woman stands up, thinking where God has one. I see abundance. <laughs> By the time you mix it, a little laughter and anything, anything goes. Others say, I wish it is them. So, who does that mean, John? And she stands up. <laughs> Come. The abundance I can see in your life, I don't think you. Are you ready? <laughs> You know, now nah, I am not mixing, I don't want to sweat, it's so hot. So I could have mixed it with the proper moves, but I don't have energy. This one will do anything. By the time he, he doesn't even have to say more about others. The same God is showing me that there are seven other people with a similar blessing. That takes care of the rest. They, they will run, the first seven that will come out here, hey, he's trembling. That's before he says, that's before, if you play your cards well. You know, I'm teaching how to, did I ever tell you, I told you to have a space in your book where you write how to die quickly. <laughs> so this is where you write this, I'm showing how you, God, when you want to be destroyed by God fast, just do any of these things. Alright, so you can write it down. <laughs> Take notes. <laughs> your future use. <laughs> and by the time they, I feel this place, he says, I said, okay, I'll just allow you, Father God, include them. Because <laughs> like now you have almost 70 people here. Seven, you, know, you won't send them back. You won't have descendants and say, it's you, 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 you know? Anybody who, you know? And then he tells the woman, the Lord is saying, you either sell that car because I see the enemy coming, seeing the great things God is bringing, the enemy is coming. You sell that car, I don't know, I see it's red. Do you have a red car? Or you redeem it. How many of you have heard of first sons needing to redeem themselves with cash? Other than that, they have to walk in the house of God. <laughs> Not in the Bible, the live one. How many of you have heard first born here, please? 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90. <laughs> I can make a few hundreds of thousands here. <laughs> I want to give only 10, 10,000. Student level first born. <laughs> hey, by the time he tells this one, this one wants to redeem herself. She may give away the car or give away the money. I'm not saying redeem with <clears throat> something proportional. Yes, and the where are those seven? Okay, all of you here, take a seat, not less than. By the time the guy has aimed for one million and beyond, and this is in a small church, I'm not talking about a big one. Okay, a big church, one person can give one million. It comes, over, I've gotten you your 385,000 naira, on top of that, I got another 500, so it's 50 50. Depending on market and future potential relationship, 
So if it's not a business, lucrative business relationship, you know, this is this is happening. Um, you know, we are studying the book of um, Jude, and Jude is very identical to Second Peter chapter two. And you've read it soon in the past. Go and look at every what I just said is there. It's what we are studying in Jude and Second Peter two. It tells you that there, they, he prophesied. He said that there are people like this, and they would be people like this. He said they are unscrupulous. By the time we finish studying Jude, you see it all. So don't think they even came up with it now. It was there when the apostles of the Lamb were still alive. So what do you think? After 2,000 years, how bad? They are more bold. They are sitting down and saying, where is God? When Jesus just died, and Peter, Paul, all of them were around. Very fierce, very bold. against evil, they could do it. Is it now? What are people afraid of? Many people don't believe, they believe God is there, that God does not see, and God does not do anything. That's the belief. And it pushes them into perdition, because that's exactly what Judas did. In the face of the Son of God, he was stealing right under his nose, and he thought he was okay. He died really fast. Really fast. Because to whom much is given, much is expected. I can understand when people do this as charlatans that don't know God at all. But for those that have met God a bit and have the heart to do this. God considers it high level rebellion. Error of balance. And he punishes it. Even if he seems to keep quiet for the longest time. It's a giant of greed. It can be overcome. The greed of Balaam. It can be overcome. It can be. It has been overcome. In many places through the ages. It can be overcome today. You can die to greed. To the lust of the flesh. You can say God I will drive whatever you give me to drive. I just need a car. I will use what you give me. Amen. You can do that. But if you are uncertain or going back and forth, back and forth, and your heart is, oh, I can't, it comes from the spies that have come and told you it's not possible. Many of them don't say it by mouth. They live it by life. They act out that, no, I can't endure. They come and say, ah, won't your pastor drive a good car? Yeah. When we go to places, these are the kinds of cars I see people drive, and you people allow me to... Uh, uh, uh. And you're driving your own, building your own sale house, open the book of Haggai! And then you take the scripture, distort it, and tell them how. The book of Haggai says, I am destroying the works of your hands because you have abandoned the house of God to build your own houses. You think I'm lying? Open the book of Haggai. And then he takes that scripture, twists it, and says, have you not noticed how many of you lost your money in the last year? Someone stole some of your money in your office. Who did they not steal their own? 
How many of you forgot your change somewhere? How many of you were sick? God said I'll put holes in your pocket. Hospital bills, those are holes. I'm not saying they are not holes in reality, but come on. You're a fraud. Just stand there like Banky will say. Pastor Banky will say. He said, just tell the truth. Just say. People, I really, really want to drive a big car. I really want it. So I don't know this. I want to donate towards pastors, big car fund. The big car fund. The BCF. Please, if you want to make your pastor happy, help him get a big car. I don't like this walk. I want a big one that is higher than high. That's my request. Okay? Thank you. Anything you can do. Thank you. Just tell the truth. Let them look at you, laugh, or look at you and say, oh, let's meet you, let's organize. Okay, a committee, BCF committee. No, one brother somewhere in my organization. And that's it. But don't lie. Don't bring out scripture and be threatening people's souls. Tell them, next thing, your children, and you'll be saying, God, and God will be saying, why? Why my house lies in ruins? You are driving, pastor is not driving. Pastor. Pastor, stay in one place, man. That pastor was supposed to be walking in the temple of God. Not driving around town. Do you understand what giants are now? You must overcome all of them. You can't have a giant in the land. But many people are afraid to try to go deep into God because they believe the giants overwhelm them. They say, I don't want to go to that church. They are too serious. Every message, everything is deep, deep, deep. Discipleship, laying down your life, having a cross. I can't. I can't. They just find a good church, join a department. Just whatever you do for God, I do. You just do what you can do. Love people, be kind to people, give good offering. Those are the people saying, ah, it's better we died in this wilderness. Let's stay in this dry experience. Let's not experience God deeply. Because when you're in a place where it rains anyhow, where God can move anytime and all that, you, you, don't, you want to be able to plan, to coordinate, to direct everything. God wants us to be able to serve people. And to serve people, you must die. You must humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Thank you, Lord. Numbers 14. I've given you a background. Even if you're not here, now you're up to speed. Now we move. Then all the community, when they said, we can't enter the land, they raised a loud cry. And the people wept that night. And all the Israelites murmured against Moses and Aaron. And the whole congregation said to them, if only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had perished in this wilderness. And it's better than, than you trying to take me into a land with giants. Impossibilities. Haven't you heard the God, all things are possible? Hear this. 
Why has the Lord brought us into this land only to be killed by the sword, that our wives and our children should become plunder? Wouldn't it be better for us to return to Egypt? Isn't it better I go back to the world? Isn't it better I was an unbeliever? Isn't it better I, 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 I just went back to my former life? And some of you, you've said these things. You've said these things. If Egypt is an option to you, you won't like what may follow. So they said to one another, let us appoint a leader and return to Egypt. Can you imagine this? These people were groaning and grieving. At the, have you read the book of Exodus? God said to Moses, for I have heard the groans of my people in Egypt. They were groaning, they were grieving, they were in pain, laboring under sin, looking at themselves, waking up in the morning drunk, vomiting, ah, standing up from a girl or a guy you don't know, oh God, I hope I don't have HIV. Things you wanted help. God, why am I like this? God, why am I like this? How when will I change? That was Egypt. Don't never forget Egypt. The hopelessness, the feel, how you felt filthy. Laboring under taskmasters that forced you to do things you don't want to do. It seems sometimes you want to do it, but most of the time you hate yourself for being how you are. Egypt, the world. Sin is your taskmaster. Romans 6 and 7 and 8 shows you your deliverance. And God loved you. And sent a Moses through any source, your classmates, your roommates, a tract, a message you heard, a book you read. And he came and said, come. God said you should come with him and worship him in the wilderness. Let me take you away from where you're laboring under this terrible taskmaster called sin. Whose wages are death. Whose salary is death. The salary of sin is death. It leads to death in all sorts of areas of your life. You're dying. And if you continue on that, he'll kill you, spirit, soul, and body. He's already destroyed dimensions of your life. Destroyed all sorts of things. And you cried out then. Loud or Quietly, you cried out, you moaned, you grieved, you went, if, if, is there even a God that can help? He sent Moses. And now you're looking on the border of this higher level experience and saying, let us go back. Are you not tempting the Lord your God? Then Moses and Aaron fell down with their faces to the ground before the whole assembled community of the Israelites. Because that's what good leaders do. The, these Moses that should look at you and say, you're very stupid, you're very, very stupid. You are idiots. After everything I suffered, because of you people, I was a prince, I gave up this, I gave up that, brought you out. Now you're saying you want to go back. If Moses was how that, well, like, Have you heard of me before? I will move your head now. He looked at them. He didn't do that because he was loving. 
he fell on his face. You know that was their condemnation. It's a terrible thing to have people that care about you. <laughs> you wish they didn't care. Because when they say, ah, God, they fell on their face, humbled themselves in front of these very foolish people. The people that spoke now, Joshua son of Nun and Caleb son of Jephunneh, two of those who had investigated the land, tore their garments. They said to the whole community of the Israelites, the land we passed through to investigate is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land that is flowing with milk and honey. If the Lord delights in us, he will bring you through. If the Lord delights in you, that is how you take the promised land. Not if you did this or that. If the Lord delights in you. Therefore your whole focus is making the Lord delight in you. And how do you please God? Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So if they had just said, uh -huh, God said we should go in. This giant thing called, they said we can take it. Say, now if God says, ah, who am I? Let's go. It's hard. I don't care. God is with us. God is delighted with us. Let's go. That's all that matters. And Moses had taught them this, but they wouldn't listen. Only do not rebel against the Lord. This is the one thing they were not to do. Don't rebel against the Lord. Don't rebel against the Lord. And do not fear the people of the land. Fear, 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 fear. I'm afraid. I can't make it. I can't. I've tried. I've seen other people try to be to be very serious with God. Some even after two years, they fell. Eh? Is this not so and so I used to know? Is this not that? that? Didn't you hear? Da, 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 da. If God is pleased with you, none of that matters. You will make it. So your focus is pleasing God. And faith comes through hearing God's word. And doing what God's word says. When you want to offend God, you say, listen, there's no need trying to listen. I will fail. You trust in your ability to fail more than God's ability to bring you in. You are tempting the Lord your God. He will not be pleased with you. And watch this, because we're going to say some things before we're done. Don't fear them, for they are bread for us. Their protection has turned aside from them. But the Lord is with us. Their protection. Their protection. Do you know that their protection was, before now, was that their cup was not full, the cup of the Amorites? Yes. Do you know God protects people? Deuteronomy chapter 1. God tells them, oh, as you're entering that land, do not attempt to enter the land of Edom. I won't give you one foot of it. I gave it to them as their inheritance. Ah, do not try to enter the land of the Ammonites. Do not try to enter different lands of the Moabites. Don't. I won't give it to you. God himself is the one that protects different areas. Not just Israelites. So before they even got their own, he had said, I gave them their own land. And he said their protection has turned from them. Their protection was God's clock. TikTok, TikTok, nobody can conquer you or defeat you guys until 
Your cup is full. Was your cup full? Their cup was full. Come on, their cup was full. You're wondering when he said this. He told it to Abraham. He told it to Abraham 400 years before. He told him, he said, your people will be slaves or oppressed in a foreign land. That's Egypt. Until such a time as I'll visit them and bring them out into this land. He showed it to Abraham. Said this land, as far as you can see, east and west, all around, is yours and your descendants. But you can't take possession yet. Which is what happens to many of us right now today. God shows you, gives you an idea of the victory he wants you to walk in. Of the authority he wants you to walk in. Over your body. You go through this season and you see victory in your life. In every time you're like, wow, it's wonderful. I can be a Christian like this. Ah, sin does not... Abraham, you have seen the land. Now become a son of faith and continue in faith. Even if you stumble, stand up immediately. You have seen the land. Now, obey him and walk with him till you can possess the land fully. Do you understand? There's a difference between seeing and possessing. Which is why many people came to know the Lord and they experienced, they saw, they had, they saw and had an experience of victory, great victory all around. This is working, that is working, I'm having visions, I'm having that every day I wake up, my Bible, wow, it jumps off the table into my hand. The pen jumps into the other hand. The exercise book opens itself. Revelation flows like water. Someone says pray, I say turn, what's your problem? Which eye, both eyes, anyhow, receive yours. Wow, God is all over me. If this is how it is, I will never leave Jesus nor forsake him. Mm, Jesus is. Then, you try to wake up in the morning. If I be, where are you? Bad no, no sound. Yeah, you used to do it. Stop praying now. When you eat, weaker, seeker, weak. You were, you were vibrating. <laughs> now, you're experiencing all this stuff. This is where they choose the leaders and this is where they pray with the, the, the pretenders. This now, is this not what I've been trying to tell you? This is where you see the ones that now say, it's not working. It's not working. I struggle to read my Bible. I don't know how to say that, you know, for, for the priest. <laughs> if you know how I'm amused I am, <laughs> hey, Jesus, uh, bless you. God bless you. Just be crying like that, but uh, don't go anywhere. If, if you just not go anywhere, eh? you can cry, you can smooth, you can sob. <laughs> just do it here. Don't go anywhere. What I mean is stay in front of God and be like that. Eh? Stay tender. Okay? Try and shorten the amount of time you spend crying, but so you can read the Bible. Do you understand? Like Christ more, they open the okay. Let's read it that time. Instead of dwelling on oh, I'm so bad, I'm so bad. <laughs> I give up. I give up. I'm not a Christian said, so always here. Please. Do you know what happened? God showed you the land. 
you saw it. And then he now start walking by faith. To possess it. To make it yours permanently. And destroy all your enemies. When you were going through, like Abraham, and conquering even neighboring lands, experiencing all that, you presumed that it will be like that 100% all the time. And that's where you erred. You thought no one would be able to stand before you as Abraham. Mm-mm. No one will be able to stand before you as Joshua. The iniquity of the Amorites. How do I say this safely, dear God? I'm, going, I'm saying stuff that is on the border of deep. You know the problem with deeper stuff? Some it's prone to be misinterpreted. But I'm sorry, we can't afford not to tell you. Need. If you are new, well, you need the background information we shared here. I hope you keep coming. Romans chapter 6, 7, 8 talks about you and your life. It talks about your desire to do good, but not finding the capacity. It talks about the spirit of life in Christ Jesus that can set you free from the law of sin and death. It talks about where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. What this means is that usually when people come to know God, they say things like, well, I wasn't even too bad. You cannot know sometimes how deep you are, how terrible the sin nature is. Till you have tasted and seen that God is good and find yourself still desiring sin. That's when you know how sinful sin is. That's when you know, like Paul, and are able to say, in me, that is in my flesh, dwells no good thing. Because how can I, before I experienced God deeply, I could say I didn't do any better. That's why I like sin. After you've experienced God deeply, here you are still hankering for, desiring sin. How dare you? That's when you begin to understand. And that's when sin abounds. Then grace will now not just be present, much more abound. When grace looks at you and says, in spite of all, you could still think such wicked thoughts or even do such wickedness. I forgive you. And still cover your evil. That is when you go like, oh God, you truly love me. It's not just that I knew you loved me then when you dragged me out of Egypt, but I thought, I thought for sure my own was over. After I had seen your love and still succumbed to such folly and foolishness. This is a person who loves God on a slightly higher level. And remember, it is not that you have to carry out any evil acts for this to be so. It is that that you even find that they steal the workings of sin in you 
This is God now telling you, it is time to possess the land. How? By fighting. Can't you remember when you came to him newly, he did not allow you to see war. That's why suddenly many things fell away. Like that. And you, how many of you, you felt like that, you just knew my, my change, the power of God came and everything changed. You didn't have a problem then. It is later on when he now said, take the land. And you went, ah! Like a chicken. Took off in the other side. Ah! I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. It's too hard. Because he gave you that initial, just covered you. No enemies. Let's go through the wilderness. No enemies. I don't want them afraid. Then, when you got to the border, how do I know when God is about to take you to the next level? They start struggling. They start struggling. They start being afraid. Can I? Can I? I know they are about to enter. It's always when you are about to enter a higher and deeper phase with God that fear comes upon you. Because you are like, I can't do it. That initial assistance, very supernatural that God provides. When they came, he opened the sea, he walked through, he closed it, killed them all. All of those kinds of things seem to be withdrawn. And you start saying things like, maybe it wasn't real. I knew, I knew this thing may not last. The one ingredient you must not lose is called faith towards God. It is the one thing you must have. So because God now said, oh yeah, fight. He could have allowed you to fight from day one. Those things were still there in you. He quieted them, protected you from it, so you could hear his words, so you could have some peace. And then he now said, yeah, but you know, I can't develop warriors. Imagine being a warrior that never fought. Warriors don't from not fighting. Warriors learn to be warriors from fighting. So eventually, every single person that works with God must face battles. It's not possible that you not face. And that's what some of you are struggling with. And trying to disqualify yourself completely. Struggling to disqualify yourself. As if you're the only one. Didn't Paul say in that first Corinthians 10. That there is no temptation. After telling you that let him that things he stand. Take it less before. Or before saying. He said there is no temptation that has taken you. That is not common to men. But that God with the temptation. Will provide a way of escape. That you may endure it. And I told you long ago, it is death. Die to yourself. You win every battle. Be willing to die. One is I will die seeking God's pleasure. I will die trusting God. You will win all enemies. The moment you start compromising, say it wasn't hard like this before. People, it was. God your enemies' mouths and hit them away. Then he started releasing them in batches. They were still there. If you don't fight them, you can't possess the land. So don't be complaining about the temptations that are coming against you. Without them, you cannot be an overcomer. You will never be an overcomer. Overcomers are... You overcome because you came over. You overcome. You overcome. You over... Don't undercome. Without them, what are you? You're a daughter. What is that? You overcome. If it is not for the world, you're overcoming. You want to be an overcomer? They will be all over. Expect them. 
Learn how to jump over them. Ask for assistance. Oh yeah, help me, help me, help me. One, two. Ah, there are so many ways to overcome. The brethren, the word of God. What does God say? Strength from the spirit. Spirit went flying. You are sending to the air like a bird. And building up yourself in your most holy faith. So many weapons have been given to us that which we might fight a good fight. This is the victory that overcomes the world. Our faith. And here you are doing the exact opposite of faith. Doubting God. Saying, if God really loved me, would these enemies be here? It is because God loves you that these enemies are here. They've been given to train you in warfare. And there's no generation that he does not leave war for. We've studied that, we've seen some of that in the book of Judges. He said, they had not seen war. So he left behind enemies. The Philistines were left behind for the generation that had not seen war. If you think there's a set of people, there's different kinds of war. In the early church, what was the war? Fierce and steady persecution. They were killing them daily. He said we are slaughtered like sheep all day long. In this part of the world, the southern part of Nigeria, that is not happening. They've left your own world for you. The internet, social media. You have your own world. There are different kinds of enemies. You can't say they are only Hivites. They are Perizzites. They are Jebusites. They are Hittites. They are, there's always a someone said termite, just a kind of height. There is one or two left for you in your own land, on your own possession. Some have iron chariots, like the people of the land of Judah. This they came to Judah. Joshua and said, We cannot take the land for they have iron chariots. He told them, You are able to take it, for you are strong people. Go, and they went and took it. You will have different things happening in your life. Those are your battles. You're meant to fight of them because God is with you. If He's pleased with you, that is your walking by faith. You will conquer these giants. You will conquer the inhabitants of the land. If you refuse to be afraid and say, I can't make it. If you stop trusting yourself and the devil's tricks, and start trusting in God. If you are seeking Him, He promises you will find Him. And anything that tries to stand between you and Him, your duty is to hack it down. Whose report will you believe? Whose report will you believe? Some will say, now I understand. You should have still acted like you believed, even if this was not explained. You should have still, if you obey every other thing you're told, you would arrive at the same victory. You get to understand because you obey. And God in his kindness will sometimes give people to help you understand. Like I'm helping you right now. But you don't have to obey because you understand. Just obey, it is called faith. It is faith that overcomes the world. It is your faith in God. 
This is where we are. This is where we are. For this is the victory that overcomes the world. Our faith. Our faith. Our faith. Our faith. Our faith. Our faith. So hard, no, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. First John 5, 
and his commandments are not burdensome. No, they are not. Why? For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. It comes with world overcoming capacity. And what is it that is born of God? This is the victory that overcomes the world. Faith. Faith comes from hearing God's word. When God speaks to you, that's what comes from God. He imparts faith to your heart. Why do I keep saying keep coming? Why, 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 why do I stress the need for you to hear the word of God? And why does it take people out by separating them from the word of God? Because the thing that is born of God are his commandments. They come from him into you. First Peter tells you that it's the seed, the spora, related, similar to the sperma. The seed in the Greek, the spora. Your seed spores, spores, seed. He said you are born of the seed of God. Birth is given through his words, his commandments. Call him what you like, his laws, whatever. The implantation of his words in you, a sower went forth to sow. That's how you overcome the world, through the planting of God's words in you, which results in the growth of the tree of life, the fruit of the spirit. As you open your mouth and say what he says, as you obey what he's saying, this is how to overcome the world. So every time, by now you should have had long enough to observe it. When he wants to take you out, he separates you. So you stop receiving sin. And suddenly you say it's hard. And all those who separate constantly, who have a very distant relationship, is not steady with the body and with God's words. Always say his commandments are burdensome. But it is those commandments that make victory over the world easy. Are you seeing this? Do the one, it will give birth to the other. Do not do the hearing, you will not be able to do the victories. Why are you not coming to church? I, I think I'm a hypocrite, I've been looking at myself. You will stop being a hypocrite when you keep hearing God's word. Eventually, the word of God is living and powerful. It's sharper than any treated sword. It's able to devour a thunder, soul, and spirit, joints and marrow. It defends the thoughts and the intents of the heart. All things are open and naked before the eye of him with whom we have to do. That sword will go through. If you stay in its presence, it will cut, 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 cut. It will divide. Eventually, it will show you, oh, do you know your problem? It's a soul problem. This one is a spirit issue. And this is a joint and marrow or a body issue. The word of God will keep separating and you keep hearing. Just like you were hearing what I was saying a few minutes ago. And you start going, Okay. And then victory follows that. Because this overcomes the world. Then the enemy wants to ensure you don't. So he, he makes you disobey the commandments, which include 
Do not abstain from the gathering of yourselves together as is a habit of some. To kill a sheep, you must separate it from the herd and its shepherd. Principle. So when I see someone separate, I know they are about to, they are about to be taken down in some form. They are, if they have not been taken, if they are not staying away because they feel taken down, they are about to be. This is the victory that overcomes the world. Faith comes through hearing. Romans 10, 17, and hearing of the word of God. Let's go on. The Lord said that he was with them. Do not fear them. However, the whole assembly or community threatened to stone them. They threatened to attack them for trying to encourage them to make it. That they can like to Till very like today, till today, when people say it's possible, and people say they pick up their words to stone you and say, Get out, draw, leave him, and they start attacking you, they start talking against you. They tell them, You can live a victorious life. They say, Who said it? That preacher, have you checked him well? You're not careful, he's living in sin, he's living in sin. Don't mind him. All these hypocrites, they start stoning, they start picking up stones to stone you. Because they don't believe it's possible. They prefer to believe a lie. They want to go back to Egypt instead. The God who brought water out of the rock, the God who gave you victories before, suddenly lacks the ability. He can't overcome everything. They say, leave. It's not everything that is Bible. It's not everything. When they threatened to stone them, the glory of the Lord appeared to all the Israelites at the tent of meeting. The Lord said to Moses, how long will these people despise me? And how long will they not believe in me? In spite of the signs that I have done among them. You see? In other words, how long will these people not have faith? You know, that very day they have entered the promised land. That day. That day they have entered the promised land. That day they have had victory. Ha! That day they have commenced. And they were not coming through Jordan, by the way, in case you don't know. Kadesh Barnea is not Jordan. Moabite boundary. They would have have come in through another angle. The next time they came through, 38 years later, they went through Jordan. Had to die. Maybe they crossed it, they castrated. Sorry, they circumcised them all. Pain, death, pain, all that. There are easier ways. As some people, you have to go through extreme because you didn't go through the easier one. So you go through the harder one. But as I always counsel, there's the easier one. Use that one. Don't use the harder one. The Lord said to Moses, how long? In spite of the signs I've done among them. I will strike them with the pestilence and I will disinherit them. I will make you into a nation that is greater and mightier than they. Moses said to the Lord, when the Egyptians hear it, when the people of the world hear it, for you brought up these people by your power. From among them, they saw they used to be like them. You separated them. When they hear it, this is what, of course, makes me afraid too. When, what, what will happen when they hear that God was not able, God was not able to keep them. Then they will tell it to the inhabitants 
of this land. They have heard that you, Lord, are among these people. That you, Lord, are seen face to face. They've heard that you show up there, that they experience you. I don't know. Listen to me. If you have no other reason not to backslide, does it ever bother any of you here? The shame you bring to God? I'm telling you, that alone has kept you many times. Ah, I can't backslide. Okay, then go backslide. Go to America and backslide. Yeah, no, no, no. No, I can't do that to God. Ah, it's too shameful. It's too shameful. After all the, oh, let me pray for you. All the, hey, hey, hey. Ah, oh, God is, oh, wow. Here you are, doing this. You know. And this is exactly what Moses is saying. But to God, please don't kill him. Because God was that. I want this to go out. God is that. I don't care what you want. <laughs> what kind of, God doesn't feel threatened that his position as God might be changed. You know? <clears throat> They have heard that you are seen face to face. That your cloud stands over them. And that you go before them by day in a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire by night. If you kill this entire people at once, then the nations that have heard of your fame will say, because the Lord was not able to bring these people into the land that he swore to them, he killed them in the wilderness. He wasn't able to bring them into an abundance Overcoming relationship, total victory over sin and death. Ah, he couldn't. I told you, I told you nobody, I told you that man nobody would. I told you, I told you that we should be real. You shouldn't carry this thing on your head. I told you, I told you that we were doing this thing before you. Let me tell you, let me tell you that there's nobody that does not compromise more. Me, God understands. We told you, we told you. That you need to do a little, that everybody, please, didn't you hear the Bible say, do not be overrighteous? We told you. That's an misinterpretation, misinterpretation, by the way. That place simply means, don't, don't be more righteous than God. Mm, let's just put it that way. That's what it means. To be overrighteous means to, God says, uh, uh, let me use my fasting example. God says, obey me, Zechariah chapter 7, and you say, let's fast, dry, forever. He said, obey me. He said, when you eat, when you eat for yourself. And here you are trying to fast and die. That was the point he was making to them. Being over righteous. You're carrying more than is necessary. You come out and say, I, I shall not marry. It's against the will of God. You're being over righteous. It's not against the will of God. It may be the will of God, but it's not against his will. Maybe it will for someone to stay celibate or married. But to be of a righteous is to carry anything extra and go beyond God. And he says, So now let the power of my Lord be great, just as you have said. The Lord is slow to anger and abounding loyal love, forgiving iniquity and transgression. But by no means clearing the guilty. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children until the third and fourth generations. Okay? You notice even in his prayer for mercy, he acknowledged that God punishes sin, iniquity, lawlessness. Okay? Please forgive the iniquity of these people according to your great loyal love. 
just as you have forgiven these people from Egypt even until now. He didn't misquote the Bible to God. Do you hear? He didn't misquote God's word to God. He didn't cut out parts and leave out parts. He said the whole thing. Because when you come to God, you must come with pure, a pure, pure hands, pure heart. Then the Lord said, I have forgiven them as you asked. They didn't ask to. It's Moses that asked. They didn't ask. They didn't ask for forgiveness or mercy. Moses asked it for them. But truly as I live, all the earth will be filled with the glory of the Lord. Truly as I live, all the earth. Do you hear when God starts swearing? He said, you see something? Let me tell you something. You see this earth? My glory will fill all of it. And we've explained this many times in the past. These people were depriving God of glory with their faithlessness. That's what you do when you doubt God. You're depriving Him of glory. When people acknowledge and have faith in God, they give Him glory. And He was simply saying that on this earth, people will give me glory. People will trust in me and obey me and not test or doubt me. That's what He was saying. For all the people have seen my glory and my signs that I did in Egypt and in the wilderness, and yet have tempted me now these ten times, and have not obeyed me. Your Bible, King James, probably sounds like all those who have seen all these things, but have tempted me now these ten times, are you listening? And have not obeyed me. How do you tempt God? By not obeying Him. By saying, no, that thing you said I should do, I can't do it. It can't be done. It can't be done. Why would he tell you to do it? His commandments are not burdensome. His commandments are not burdensome. He said it's not burdensome. You see, it is. All of you here that always say God's commands are burdensome. You better stop contradicting him. Don't be contradicting God. If God says something and you, you think it's not so, keep quiet while you're coming to grasp with what it really is. But do not contradict God Almighty. Let God be true. And you, O oh man, be a liar. The failures come from opening your mouth and saying, it's, I, I can't. Uh, it's not possible. Don't disobey God and say you couldn't have obeyed. That it was impossible. Say you chose to disobey Him. Don't say it wasn't possible. Don't ever use those words next to God. If you have faith, any altar of faith in you, to get saved. You have faith to overcome sin. It's disobedience that led you to tempting him. Don't disobey him. Obey him. They will by no means see the land that I swore to their fathers, nor will any of them who despise me see it. Only my servant Caleb, because he had a different spirit and has followed me fully, I will bring him into the land where he had gone, and his descendants will possess it. Hey, in case you don't know, there are descendants of Caleb sitting here right now. You didn't know? He said no men after the flesh. Look at you. Look at you. If you think are descendants of Jesus, that one you'll agree that you're among. Isaiah chapter 53. Who do you think were descendants of Caleb? Caleb. The descendants of Caleb are those who have the same spirit that Caleb had, a different spirit, and followed him fully. Two things, a different way of thinking and following God fully. 
if you are like that, you are a descendant of Caleb. You will possess the land and your descendants, people that come from you, from your ministry, from your labor in God's vineyard, they too will possess the land. Is it not the same land we are trying to possess? Not a physical piece of property in the Middle East, but a spiritual property of the highest value, the resurrection from the dead. The better resurrection, the first resurrection according to Revelation chapter 20. That is what we are aiming for. This is what we are overcoming. This is what we are pursuing. This, it is not impossible. Will you be of a different spirit? And will you follow God fully? If you do these two things, you are going to walk in the same blessing that Caleb walked in. It says, now the Amalekites and the Canaanites were living in the valleys. Listen to God, everyone. Tomorrow, turn and journey into the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea. Are you seeing with me? By which way? Did they arrive there through the Red Sea? No, just recently. Did they just arrive there through the Red Sea path? They had passed the Red Sea path since, Zabi. They went round like that, went, went round, 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 round. You remember two years. Now he's sending them for what? A dip in the blood again. Are you walking with me? First John chapter 1, if we say we have not seen, we, we lie, and the truth does not abide in us. But if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins, cleanse us from our righteousness. Verse 7 said that if we walk in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Are you tracking? He says, go by way of the Red Sea. You guys have sinned. Go, leave this place. I've heard your prayer. But they will not enter. They've, they've disqualified themselves from a certain calling. They, 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 I won't wipe them out all at once like I intended to. But go by way of the Red Sea. Back into the wilderness. But by the way of the Red Sea. So tomorrow... The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, How long must I bear with this evil congregation that murmurs against me? I have heard the complaints of the Israelites that they murmured against me. Remember in verse 1 and 2, they murmured against Moses and Aaron. God took it personally, which is what happens whenever God sends someone, provided that person is doing what God sent him to do, or how to do, and you murmur against her. You are murmuring against the God that sent the person. The only time you are allowed to murmur against someone is if what they are doing is not what God told them to do. Are you listening to me? If I come and do the first drama I was talking about here, all of you, by tomorrow when you are coming, don't come with less than 5,000 naira each. And I'm talking to students. 
5,000 naira each. Make sure. Then you can mama against me and say, if you don't come, make sure you don't come to church. Or don't come for meetings. Don't come to the church meetings. You can... Oh, 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 oh. I say, this is not right. This, this is wrong. Because God did not tell me to do that. Only then, God can come and say, why do these people mama against me? Never. It's not God that they are mumming against. They are mumming against a crook or a pastor. I want all the women to marry me. You don't know there have been groups like that. They are. They are. For real. Once in a while, you might give one of the men. Okay, you may take that one. <laughs> Religious groups that call on Jesus in this world, in America, in different parts of the world, crazy things like that. People, you may murmur against that. And they say, don't you know you're murmuring against And they try to read this passage. Tell them, Pah! liar, liar. Are you listening? But provided what is happening is of God. Who told them to enter the land? God. Not Moses and Aaron. Who told them to not complain or resist God? Moses and Aaron, Joshua and Caleb. Provided what you are being told is the will of God. If you murmur against it, you are murmuring against God. Very simple rule. That's one. Say to them. The other one was speaking generally. Now he's sending, giving a message. Do you notice? He didn't say, he didn't say tell them that they, tomorrow they should turn. He told Moses tomorrow turn. He expected them to obey Moses and follow. Right? Keep following. The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron. How much? Okay. Verse 28. Say to them, As I live, says the Lord, I will surely do to you just what you have spoken in my hearing. Which is why I keep warning people, watch what you say. Even if you think you're feeling whatever you're feeling, watch your mouth. Last week we saw the word of faith, which is in your mouth. Was it Sunday? Last week. Friday. Your mouth. And you open it wide and bring out trash. And God might hear and give you according to what you. This was not the first time they made this complaint. And God didn't like it. It wasn't funny anymore. He didn't react too strongly at the beginning. But with time, they were hardening. Which is what happens every time you resist the word of God. Every time you resist the correction of God. You're hardening. You're hardening till you will do, you cross the line. And you think it was like other times. I will surely do to you just what you have spoken in my hearing. Your dead bodies will fall in this wilderness. All those of you who were numbered, according to your full number, from 20 years old and upward, who have murmured against it. Take note, he told Moses to go and tell them. He didn't say, this is what will happen. He said, tell them, say to them. I pray I don't ever have to carry such a message to any of you. I know for sure in this world, God will make us give people messages that are dreadful. I know that we've already had experience of having to give people messages that their time is up or that God's judgment has come. I know it's a hard word. It's difficult. But I pray I'll never have to bear such a message to any of you. 
you will by no means enter into the land where I swore to settle you. The only exceptions are Caleb son of Jephunneh and Joshua son of Nun. But I will bring in your little ones. Hey, hey, hey. I'll bring in your little ones. I'll bring in your little ones. The ones that seem like they don't stand a chance. Those ones, eh, this one, this one is baby, this one is new. See this one, this one, when did this one come? Uh, that one, those ones. Oh, those ones, because God has promised that his glory will fill the earth. So if you won't do it, he'll take the little ones. Not just in age. They will enter the promise. They will partake in the first resurrection. They will be little ones who do. So if I called you first, if I told you first, do you know most of you here? In God's eyes, look at you, how old are most of you? You are little ones in his eyes. Because he has bypassed most of your parents. Well, give them a chance to. It's what he does. And they looked at God and said, it's not possible. It's too hard. And compromised everything in their offices, in their workplaces, in their businesses. They succumbed to the giants in the land. And here you have God now, giving his, their children an opportunity. If their children don't line up, he visits iniquity to the third and fourth generation. He'll move on. He punishes lawlessness, not to one generation, to the second one too, and to the third one too, and to the, if you do lawlessness, the punishment is coming. Forget about your parents' lawlessness, your spiritual parents' lawlessness, their disobedience to God's commandments. They are saying it wasn't possible that everybody that you have to well, you can't um, well. If you do it, you too, he will punish your lawlessness also. If you think there's a generation whose lawlessness you overcome, you overlook, you haven't spoken to Achan. Do you remember Achan? He thought, eh, that was them. We are the ones that have entered the land. You will leave the land very fast, under a pile of stones. If you don't know the story of Achan, you can read it. In the book of Joshua. So don't think you will not punish lawlessness. According to Ezekiel 18, a father unrighteous, a son righteous. Good. The third generation, lawless son, son of the son of the man. Punishes iniquity. It's not, it's not like he punishes some. You know how in this, especially this in Nigeria. Ah, ancestral cause, ancestral cause, ancestral cause. It is an ancestral cause. No, it is the sin you committed last month. Your own personal iniquity. What are, why are you calling your grandfather's name? What's wrong with you? It's your own. The evils you have done, you think God overlooks it and jumps all the way back to 1962 when your family members kill someone. Clown. When you kill someone two weeks ago, two months ago, when you went and had an abortion, when you paid for someone to have an abortion, when you did evil, when you carried out wicked actions, iniquitous actions, sinful actions, it's your own. Forget about your father, your grandfather, your great-grandfather. 100%. Just forget it. Because Ezekiel 18 says that you should not say that the fathers have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. 
For it is the soul that sins that dies. That was said in the under the old covenant, and you're quoting it even now under the new. Just forget that story. Live in righteousness and obedience to God now, and none of those things will come near you or touch you. You walk in victory over them all. If you be like Caleb and Joshua, if you could do with the same generation, how much more the children that have a special promise. But I will bring in your little ones whom you said would become victims of war. I, uh, the reason why I, I compromised is because of the children. I needed money for their school. I, I needed uh, uh, food to eat. It's because of food. It's not greed. It's just that we need to hustle. We needed to do something. And God sees it because those children that you thought would become victims of the battles you were to fight and overcome, He will bring them into that land. You, you there in the wilderness, a dry place. You have a dry walk with God till you see Him face to face. So, if you are of an older generation of those who have known God, maybe you can still repent. Maybe. Or maybe you, maybe there is no hope. Maybe you die in the wilderness, a dry place. But how dare you stand up now and stop your children and say, Don't follow Moses or Joshua. I couldn't enter. Neither should you try. Really, they will enjoy the land that you have despised. But as for you, your dead bodies will fall in this wilderness. And your children will wander in the wilderness 40 years and suffer for your unfaithfulness. Are you seeing why you've been suffering? Previous unfaithful spiritual parents that have gone, known, tasted God's goodness and compromised because of them, the children suffer. Not that they can't enter the land or won't enter the land, but they suffer. How do they suffer? By wandering around for a long time without experiencing it. We would have, they would have entered at 20 below. They would have entered 22. He said when they numbered them, they numbered them when they were coming out of Egypt. Everyone 20 above. There were 600,000 men armed for war. 600,000. Everyone below that. Now this is two years later. So those guys were 22, 21 plus 22. And everyone above to 60 and above. God had just said, none of you will enter except Joshua and Caleb. So. He didn't used to mention Joshua's name much, much of the time. Mostly Caleb, because Joshua was going to be the next leader. It wasn't, it's like there's no need. It's like talking about people that have had victory in their work with God and mentioning Jesus' name. Watch for now. Say, so you know how Peter and James and John and Jesus made it. So he didn't use the bother. Do you understand? Joshua is the same name, Yeshua. It's Jesus. He's a picture of Jesus. Okay? So, he, he say he keeps, he, most of the time, he only mentioned Caleb and says he's of a different spirit. It was already known that Joshua was of a different spirit and he represents the Lord who takes them into further dimension. He said, those children will suffer. We suffer by being in the place longer than we should. Don't you know what would have happened if your parents were working with God in their promised land 
in great revelation and experience with God from the beginning, if the church was walking in it constantly, the glory and grace of God, you would have, you'd have been seeing amazing things every day of your life. But you too have had to wander around in dry Christian experiences. Is there anyone here that didn't walk through it? Is there anyone here that didn't go through spiritual wilderness, watching and even wondering what is all this about? It's because of the previous. Now, I'm not saying our parents have come to the time, the fullness of the promised land. No, that will happen at the trumpets, at the blowing of the trumpets. That's when that will happen. That's when it will happen. At the first resurrection, what's commonly referred to as the rapture in the church of God. That will be the promised land, a transformed body, supernatural like the Lord Jesus. But at least they would have had God's pleasure in their life. Our first parents, our early spiritual fathers, just know that their falling shots affects us all. It's unavoidable. So we mustn't fall short also. So we don't make those that come after us also to suffer. Do you understand this? He said they will suffer for your unfaithfulness. People always suffer for the unfaithfulness of other people. It's unavoidable. Everybody suffers. Until your dead body's life finished in the wilderness. According to the number of days you have investigated this land, 40 days, one day for a year, you will suffer for your iniquities, 40 years, and you will know what it means to thwart me. How does your Bible say that? That's verse 34. You will know what it means to thwart me. You will know what it means to cost me displeasure. That my verse, King James, you shall know my breach of promise straight from your law books, law students. God Almighty said, you shall know my breach of promise. You will know it. You will know my breach of promise. Did you see he had promised? There are conditions on which God breaches his promise. Have you heard all the people preaching that God can never breach his promise? <laughs> I, I always wonder which Bible they read. God is the one I read. God, God looks at you and goes, Eli, da. I told Phineas, your predecessor, your great grandfather, that you would, you No, forget it. You will no more be my priest. It was with, it was a covenant of salt. The Bible says so. Say, Andrew. You, you, there'll be no priest in your household. The house, he said, an everlasting covenant, a covenant of sorts. Sinai has, because you have done. People struggle with this. They struggle. Don't struggle with this. Don't tell the Lord your God. I, the Lord, have said, I will surely do so to all this evil congregation that has gathered together against me. Physically, who did they gather against? 
Moses, Aaron, Joshua, Caleb. They pick stones to stone. Joshua and Caleb. She said, they gather against me. When they murmured, they said, you murmured against me. You know why you must learn to test all things? Those that God gives to lead you, be it a Paul, a Peter, whoever. It's almost good if you are not following God in a way. You don't attract God's displeasure. Do you get That if they are obeying God and following God, and what they are bringing to you is from the Lord, again, he takes it personally. He, he goes, he, you know, there are people that go like, who is this? This one, I got born again before this one now. What do you mean? <laughs> I beg you for your sake, do not ever contradict those that God has appointed to lead you, provided they are within the boundaries of God's will. So test it. If you think it's not God's will, eh, eh, test it and say, is it God? Why did you say we should do this? This thing you're saying we should not do. But to hear it, you, you don't want to know whether it's God. You just despise it. That is very unsafe. In this wilderness, they will be finished. And there, they will die. The men whom Moses sent to investigate the land, who returned and made the whole community murmur against him. Do you hear? They made, you see the power of leadership. Ten men made the whole community, God called them congregation, and evil, can a congregation be evil? You just read it. The word is the word from which you get church. Congregation. This evil, he called them this evil congregation. Now those ten men that made, because it is always people, as we said earlier, that make people. Hey, what whom you are feeling, it is always people that make other people say it's not possible. Be careful who you are piloting. Be careful who your spiritual parents are. Some people, you, how many people all over this world faithful to a denomination, faithful to a pastor, even if that person contradicts God's word, you're faithful. You will be punished for who you are following. So you better watch who you're following. Too many Christians, I wonder, I, I am amazed at how they think. There's nothing like my pastor said. You never follow a crowd to do evil. You never. They were ten against two. You never go with the majority. If the majority is contradicting the will of God. Because they will cost you your inheritance. They will cost you your life. Your spiritual destiny. They will cost you all. They too will be destroyed. Why follow them? Imagine if there was a group of them that had gone with Joshua and Caleb. Joshua, Caleb, we are with you, we are with you, we are with you. No, you people keep quiet now. These ones are... Do you think they would have suffered these punishments? But all the people that usually go with majority carries the vote. Bringing democracy into the body of Christ. I told you God doesn't do democracy. I told you that long ago. God is a theocrat. The rule of God. Theocracies. God rules. When God says, once you have tested and seen and it is God, yes sir, follow along. So uh, let's vote. 
how many of you think we should we should not be cheating in the exams? How many of you say we should feel free to seek assistance? The majority raise their hand. You'll be punished. All of you together, the leader that made you make those kinds of choices. You don't go with the crowd. You never go with the crowd. You go with the righteous. You go with those who say what God is saying. You know, I can't just live like that. You know, God needs to speak to me. God doesn't need to do anything like that. If you check it well, he didn't speak to you when you got there. For many, he didn't speak nothing. You saw it, you liked it, it was better. You had some reason for liking to go there. Or maybe, maybe God spoke to you and gave you light. Your dark life had no bulb. And in that place, he put one bulb. With time, he added two bulbs. Then the rest of the place is still dark. And you now, and God now showed you a place with four bulbs or five and said, move on. He said, no, I, God has to speak. Be attracted to light. If you are a person of light, if you walk in the light, you have fellowship one with another. These people had the misfortune of hanging out and following people who make others say that it can be done. You hear people saying they are pastor, whether you like it or not, you, you open your mouth and mislead people with false doctrine. It is so, it, why do you think James 3 said, brethren, let not many of you be teachers. You can't purposely mislead people. You can't, oh God, the things I fear, Tell me something up here. I see people being opinionated, being likely wrong about something, but insisting on holding that position and spreading it to others. If you know you are likely wrong with something, do your best not to spread it. It's too heavy to... It's too heavy. You know you're going to answer for all the people that followed you. What did he say? Those men... By producing, they murmured against him by producing an evil report about the land. Those men who produced the evil report about the land died by the plague before the Lord. It's right there. He said they died by the plague before the Lord. I don't know if this is a plague that came later on. If it was instant, but it's likely later on when there was a play with the Midianite women. But they died, and the scriptures are specifically telling you that they died. The scriptures are specifically telling you that they died by the play before the Lord. God cut them off. But Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, who were among the men who went to investigate the land, lived. Is God partial? Nope. Can you see that? 
Have you heard people say it's thy grace? It's thy grace. That is not like that. It's thy grace. And it is. If you stand in the grace, if you stand in the grace, it's thy grace. If you stand in it. When Moses told these things to all the Israelites, when Moses told the Israelites that God said they will not enter the land, their children will enter, the people mourned greatly. Have you repentance? Have you? So when they cry, they are repenting. <laughs> Follow me. And early in the morning, they went up to the crest of the hill country, saying, Here we are, and we will go up to the place that the Lord commanded. For we have sinned. What did God say they should do in the morning? Turn. Ha! Humanity. Christianity. So these are Christians. So we have sinned. Are you hearing them? Confessing their faults. Agreeing that they have sinned. Have they agreed with their mouth? Here we are. We will go up to the place that the Lord has commanded. We, we are ready. <laughs> I know what to do. I see this a lot. People knowing what to do. After being disobedient, God being, then you know what to do. And don't worry, I know what's my problem. I know. I know what needs. Really? Have you not caused enough destruction? It was because of disregarding the leadership God gave you, you got into your situation. Now, you've been told bad news. You've pretended to cry. You've cried. You're scared. But you're still being controlled by fear. Now you're afraid of not entering the land. You don't understand. But Moses said, Why are you now transgressing the commandments of the Lord? It will not succeed. Can you see, I've always told you guys that disobedience is the wahala and that obedience is the strategy. It is not about this or that or what you feel like doing now. I am ready now. I wasn't ready before. It is what is God saying. It is always what is God saying. If there's still room for you to still obey what you were told, obey it. If the rules have changed while you were being disobedient, you better find out the new rules. Because there's something like stale manner. What God said yesterday. You gathered it, you were supposed to eat it yesterday. You are not to remain it for tomorrow, except it's the day before the Sabbath. Then God will supernaturally make the same word be applicable. But there are words in season. You are disobeying it in its season. Then when it is not its time anymore, and God has instructed the leadership in your life, whether it's the Holy Spirit directly or a person, and you are still trying to call the shots, it is your calling the shots that got you into the problem in the first place. Why can't you understand that? That's what the Spirit is often trying to get across to people. It is not by doing things. It is by obeying. It's disobedience that got you into the problem. It is not what you do. It is obedience of, uh, from Adam and Eve. It was disobedience. 
Sweet eating is not a sin, except it is a tree you have been told not to eat. Things in and of themselves are not as bad or good as you think. It is a function of, are you doing what God has commanded? This is the, this is the principle, people of God. It's not, uh, 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 I, I know I'll serve God when I grow older. I, I'll serve God. <laughs> oh, the rules may have all changed by then. I know God has been speaking to me. He said to preach to people. I know God said I'm called to be an evangelist. I know. So, I know I'm planning. You know, I, I know I'm not doing what God says, yeah, but um, later, when I've, you know, settled down, done my job and all that, I'm planning. Hmm, you don't know, don't worry. Don't worry. You know, I'm, I'm going to, I, I've told God, I'm getting 50% of all my salary, even if it's small or big, even if it's millions, I'm going to dedicate it. My business, even if it's international, half of it will go towards, um, um, supporting the work of ministry, encouraging young people like I am and all that. That's my plan. Don't worry. Don't worry. God knows. Hey, idiot! Oh God! You see, is this your idiocy that has been worrying you since? It's the same thing you're planning to offend God with. Let me show you what happened. Look at what God said. He said, He said, Why are you now transgressing the commandment of the Lord? Moses must have thought that they repented as they cried. It will not succeed. Do not go up. For the Lord is not among you. When Joshua and Caleb told them to obey and go up, what did he say? For if the Lord is pleased with you, and he will go up with you. Now he said, don't go up. So the Lord is not with you. I've told you the victory is a function of who is with you. It's not a matter of have you seen how hard that exam is? No. Have, do you know what it takes? Man, no man. No. Do you know how hard it is to overcome this weakness? None of that matters. It is a matter of who is with you. Do you know how many years it took for Kakakasa? To achieve that, it doesn't matter who is with you. Did you not hear what happened to this when he tried it? Who is with you? Is God with you? Did God send you Nehemiah, Ezra, Zerubbabel, Joseph? Your calling in life is not to plan. Ah, I played my cards well. Ah, I positioned it. It is who is with you. Therefore, your calling in life is to have God with you. Is to walk with God. Is to stick to God. It's not what you do or you're planning to do. Do not go up for the Lord is not among you and you will be defeated before your enemies. For the Amalekites and Canaanites are there before you and you will fall by the sword. Because you have turned away from the Lord, the Lord will not be with you. You have thought this is enough. But they dared to go up 
to the crest of the hill. Although neither the ark of the covenant of the Lord nor Moses departed from the camp. So the Amalekites and the Canaanites who lived in that hill country swooped down and attacked them as far as Homer. The Bible does not even bother to say what happened after that. There's one Bible stability. It didn't bother. It just beat them up all the way to Homer. It didn't bother to explain or to say anything. Just dealt with them. Chapter 15. And we jump. The Lord spoke to Moses, speak to the Israelites and tell them, when you enter the land where you are to live, which I am giving you, and you make an offering by fire to the Lord. And he begins to tell them about sacrifices. It's like God is like, uh-huh, Mamozole, uh, come, uh, just uh, see what thing they will do when they enter. They didn't even bother. You know God, I told you God comes to that place. It's not a good place. Eh? It's not a good place. When God ignores you, he goes... The only thing is that they were to move that day. They are not, Moses stayed in the camp. They couldn't move. God has said tomorrow. He just allowed them. They killed them. Killed them. Chapter 16. You have that background. They did it as a crowd. What? You would think, you would think, you would think that people hearing the Bible read, it would be enough. Or seeing it happen to someone, we would learn. You would think, Chapter 16 of the book of Numbers. Now, Korah, son of Izar, the son of Kohat, the son of Levi. Izar is Moses' uncle, the brother of Moses' and Aaron's and Miriam's father. That's who Isaiah is. The son of Levi. And Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab. So the main name here, remember the rebellion of Korah. He was a Levite. When you read in the psalm, they say son of the Korahites. It's his descendants. They had a calling. They had a calling. They had his gifting. They had his field. They had his area of focus. They had a job. And Dathan and Abiram, two other chaps. Who are they? They are sons of Eliab and On, son of Pellet, who were Rubenites. Who is Reuben? The first son. Remember, Levites were given in the place of the first sons. First sons were not all Rubenites, but this is symbolic. Two sons, Dathan and Abiram, and On, son of Pelet. They took men, Korah leading, they took men, and rebelled against Moses, along with some of the Israelites. Are you saying? 
They rebelled against Moses. They have not gotten it. Spiritual leaders, take note, they are Levites. A Levite is the head, a spiritual person. I too am a child of God. Ah, and I have a calling on my life. They took Reubenites, first son, family of the first son. And rebelled against Moses, along with some of the Israelites. 250 leaders of the community. Are you tracking with us? This is the influence of Korah. Chosen from the assembly. Famous men. Are you there? Eh? They're on TV. <laughs> oh my. I love the scriptures. Chosen. Chosen from the community. These guys are distinguished. And they assembled against Moses and Aaron. 250 men in two. Elders. Leaders amongst the community. And they assembled against Moses and Aaron saying to them, You take too much Upon yourselves. Are you, are you here? You, you take too much upon yourselves. Mm. See, I don't think they read it. Mm, but you can see what's there, huh? Mm, what is you take too much upon yourself. Mm. Seeing that the whole community is holy. Scriptures. Are we not a holy nation? Every one of them. And the Lord is among them. Why then do you exalt yourselves above the community of the Lord? Guess what followed? Danger. May not happen to you. Maybe when you do such a thing, they look at you and talk back and argue. What do you mean? Eh, may they just be in the flesh. Maybe you will escape. Look at what followed. I told you, Moses and Aaron had this bad habit. When Moses heard it, he fell down with his face on the ground. Habit. Every time they thought this was, he goes, <laughs> You're finished. Why do you think God used to take everything personal? And they tell him Moses was the meekest man on earth. Okay. He, he will go and gist with God like a friend. Then come back. Okay. And that is why they would take him for granted. If he was ruling like a king, they would not have been doing all this. I hope you know. Even someone started doing said, arrest that man. If he's from the small militia that followed him around, bodyguards. None of this would happen. This is why people, even today, even servants of God, do all those things today. Some no, no, I don't want to be disrespected. And maybe in a way, it, it saves people. It's not a good thing. It's not God's will. But I'm just saying. Because the less you fight, the less you try to assert your authority, the more dangerous you are. More God has to show up. I've heard stories, I, I don't know if any of you have said about Idahosa. Back then, at the beginning of his ministry, when he came back 
and the church leaders, people, their rules, and were scheming against them, doing all sorts of things. Nobody have I said before. They say they all died, one after another. They just died, 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 died. They just all died. I think they would talk against the attack and they wouldn't say anything. So they just dying. This is at the beginning, not, not later. The beginning. This ministry. A time comes, you know, I've heard things like this about how much later when people start searching, that thing you did, you will die, and the person does not die. Uh, didn't die. He's still not dead. Very many years later. Number one, you have to be right. And two, you have to be humble. If you want the Lord fighting your battles. Were these people lying that God had chosen these people and set them apart for himself? Did he not call them a holy nation? He did. He called them. He said he wanted them to be a kingdom of priests. For him, God said so about the children of Israel in the book of Exodus. But this is abuse, pure and simple. You don't, God didn't send them. This had nothing to do with God. They were not, number one, Moses did not take too much upon himself. What did he, what did he do? What did he do? Do you remember when someone asked, he said, which of you have I taken your cat, cow or anything? If he was oppressing people, taking things, if he was going beyond his boundaries, he would, they, they would have been something they could say. But he had not. He had not gone beyond his boundaries. And his sister had spoken against him before with Aaron. And God had taken his person, his own sister, his own older sister. Blood, same mother, same father, children of Amram, same. And God had given her leprosy. And look at these people, thinking that majority, I don't know if they didn't hear. You know, sometimes it may be good to tell stories of consequence of sin. Why, you know, I encourage it. That we share sometimes the things that are consequent is to save others from same consequences. Are you listening? Moses fell down with his face to the ground. Then he said to Korah and to all his company, "You know the people stood there while he was on his face and said, <laughs> 'Ah, ah, ah, so the guy lay down there, like Jesus looking at the ground and drawing the sand. Then got up with something to say. Try you be anxious for nothing, in everything by prayer and supplication. We can make a request unto God. He said to Korah and to all his company, In the morning the Lord will make known who are his. Are you seeing what the challenge was? Moses, this thing you are doing is just you that grabbed authority. You just grabbed authority and you're running with it. You're grabbing too much authority. Everybody, God has chosen everybody. 
All, everybody there. You have equal, again, democracy. Going to vote. They are going to decide. You can't impose leadership on us. You are an error. Uh-uh. Wait see. We too, we are from a great same Levi. Ah, uh-uh. at least I am, and I know the word of God too. Ah, it is. In the morning, the Lord will make known who are His and who is holy, who is set apart. In the morning, God will make known. That's when those guys are fallen and repent and run away. But you know, pride now. When pride starts, He wants to destroy. If there's no destruction, pride is not complete. He will cause that person to approach him. The person he has chosen, he will cause to approach him. Have you read this in the Psalms before? Haven't you? Blessed is the man whom he caused to approach. It's not just talking about generality, it's talking about leadership at a certain level. We walk with God. He will cause that person to approach him. So he's going to accept that person. When the person comes with his incense, with his prayer, with his offering, with his, his, his sacrifice, God will receive it. How do you know? It will be received and he'll come back by answers. The one he had not called will bring it and he'll be rejected. Let's see how that works. Do this, Korah. You and all your company. Take censors. Who has not been in a Roman Catholic church before, you've not seen a censer, that thing that the priest was shaking like this. You've never seen it before. Like this, and smoke. Incense, sweet smelling. And smoke billows out of it. And typically the priest walks down the aisle. She looks very cool. Huh. <laughs> So it's fine. You see, like, everything, you know, the moves, the rest of you. Penty, penty, rascals. You never know how to enjoy life. Just, I used to think they must be very hot. Right? Heavy clothes. Men. Okay, the penty rascals must be hot too, <laughs> because they are wearing the same things now. That's a sensor. Are you cool? Uh, something, it's metal, always. So it can carry coal, can carry something hot, like that. <clears throat> Put fire in them. Huh? And set incense on them before the Lord tomorrow. Bring your prayer, bring your request, bring your demands. And the man whom the Lord chooses will be holy, will be set apart. You take too much upon yourselves, you sons of Levi. I see Moses. This is Moses talking now. You take too much upon yourself, taking too much authority, going beyond your boundaries. Take it. Let's come before the Lord. I hope you know it's only the priests that were to burn incense. Only the priests, only Aaron. Even Moses didn't used to do it. 
was Aaron's job. Moses said to Korah, Listen now, you sons of Levi. Does it seem too small a thing to you that the God of Israel has separated you from the community of Israel to bring you near to himself? Are you hearing? I hope you know, you can see what was the problem. You can see. Levites were special. Israel, like Israel as a whole, was special, right? Among the nations. Levi within Israel, the tribe of Levi, was special within Israel. The priesthood, Aaron and his sons, was special within the Levites. Levels of specialness. Always God's way. Different duties for different people. And these guys, second tier leaders, say they must be first tier leaders. Which is what happens usually when, if they were the general Israelites, they may have been contented. But they insisted, why should we be special and not more special, extra special? Why are you more special than I am? Why are you more set apart? Why are they areas in the tabernacle of Moses, you know, of course, that only, you know only the priests, the outer court, had Levites ministering. They are the ones that also carried, they also carried the things for the holy place and the holy of holies. They moved the furniture. The Bible says that God gave the Levites, gave the Levites to the priesthood. Gave the gift. They will work for you. They were supposed to come here, go there, run, sit, do this, do that, carry these things. So the Levites did not like this. Why? Why? You take too much on yourself. And because they can't just open their mouth and say, all of us, they know this one to say, we too. So they go and get Rubenites, you understand? They get popular support. You know, you know, people do this even in governmental matters. That's why the quicker you understand that God picks people to be in government too. It's a funny thing. But be careful never to drag something God has called someone to do. Are you listening to me? Every temptation to say everybody is special, everybody is equal in something, resist that thing all your life. Anytime you come across something like that, don't do, you know, I watch the American government sometimes, I watch how in the name of freedom or in the name of everybody has a voice, a right? Ah. Don't dishonor. When God has set someone apart for something, don't dishonor. There's nothing like they made a law to allow it. Better see the hand of God if that woman is a woman of the house or the mother, don't contend with it. If that guy, like I've said often, even in your faculty, even in your hall, your hostel, if that person is the one that has been chosen, set apart for that job, don't fight them. Don't go around the house saying, listen to me, I don't know what a whole rep are doing. Listen to me. Uh, 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 uh. Start building. 
take all that effort and point it towards the whole rep and talk to the whole rep. Take one or two and talk to the whole rep. Or you go and talk to an authority above the whole rep. Are you listening? But to stir up antagonism against a leader in anything. Even if it is small brother, big brother, bigger sister. And mommy and daddy love her and said, sister is in charge. Every time you challenge someone's fear of authority, you are challenging God. It's called the rebellion of Korah. It attracts punishment. It always does. So be very slow. When someone comes to you and starts murmuring against leaders in their life, be very slow to give a comment. I've heard many things in my life, and I've kept quiet very many times and not said things about them. And gone like, well, someone complaining about their husband, someone complaining about their boss, someone complaining about... I'm not quick to... If I'm speaking generally against error in the body of Christ that preachers do, I can speak. But if I'm with someone that is with someone, I won't start saying, you see that your pastor? That your pastor? He's under that person for now. I can speak generally about evil, what the Bible says. But to, to tell him when you go, don't greet him. No. Even if that pastor is in error, so I won't even do that. At the most, I'll tell you, leave that place. Don't be under that pastor. You shouldn't be. Because that person is leading you to perdition. Does it seem too small a thing to you that the God of Israel has separated you from the community of Israel to bring you near to himself? Do you see? Separated you from Israel, brought you near to himself to perform the service of the tabernacle of the Lord and to stand before the community to minister to them. <coughs> the priests would send them, go do this, Aaron would tell them, go do this, go do that, go and meet, go and serve you, kill the animals here, you, kill the animals here, you, kill these animals here, sacrifice, wash the entrails, the intestines, handle this, handle that, that was their job. They were the hands and legs of the priests. Aaron and his sons. Levels of service. And he's asking them, is it that this job they gave you is too small? First he separated you from everyone else. You guys are not to have an inheritance. He even said, I the Lord am their inheritance. You already distinguished when you open your mouth and they say, ah, he's a Levite. You can live anywhere in Israel. There's a unique calling attached to you. But it's not enough. This contentment, envy. Envy. Envy at someone's calling is the root of almost all rebellion. Envy. You will find envy if you will find rebellion. You will find someone want not like wanting more than they have or are entitled to. 
you will find envy. You find jealousy. You find it eating away. You find you find a leader. You find someone higher than someone, and someone that does not like the idea that you're higher than them. You're going to find that. He has brought you near, and all your brothers, the sons of Levi, with you. Do you now seek the priesthood also? Do you now seek the priesthood? You're not contented with the special status that has been given to you? Huh? You're not contented that you have been given this responsibility? It could be in the house of God, of course. From the book of Jude that we are studying, it was in the house of God. These were people who were not contented. This is what happens when someone may be called to a certain office or ministry, maybe to be a deacon like Stephen, to be supporting and insist I must be a pastor. Now, I must be, I must, <coughs> I must be the one to preach. I must be the one reaching beyond what you're called to do at that time or gifted to do. The moment you do that, you're about to open yourself up to a spirit of rebellion. So, your duty is to obey the instructions of the God of Israel. Go and wipe out the Amalekites and don't leave anything alive. You step beyond your boundaries. Why should Samuel be the one to tell us what to do now? My Lord Saul, are you not king? Is Samuel king? Is Samuel king? It's true. Who goes to one comes back without any spoils? Ah. It's true. Save all the best animals. Was that not the end of Saul? That was his end. He was sitting on a throne for longer, but he was finished from that. It's always rooted in somebody not knowing his place. His duty was to fight the wars of the Lord. The Bible says so. Samuel's duty as prophet was to give him the instructions. God said you should go against the Amalekites. Samuel has done his job. So your job executes what has been declared by the legislature of heaven, God Almighty, a one-man parliament, one being parliament, I'm sorry. He has spoken but he disobeyed. He wanted to be prophet also. Is that the fact? Do you remember when he killed that animal? Do you remember the same thing? I'm showing you Saul. For all of you that go around pitying Saul. And say because you, are, you have characteristics of Saul in your heart. Rebellious. Do you remember when someone said. Don't wait till I come. And he waited on the seventh day. He waited. And people were leaving him. People were going. People were leaving. A few men, about 600 only, were left with him. He was like, how would I fight the battle? You see, he trusted in the men to win battles. He didn't understand. May you understand. It's not by might. It's not by power. It is if the Spirit of God is with you. And when someone showed up, he said, what have you done? He had no right to sacrifice that animal. And he said, I waited for you. Oh God, you have crossed boundary. You've taken on the duty of the priest. You've taken on my duty. You have broken, ah. 
solve. Now your kingdom will not last. Do you now seek the priesthood also? People, be contented with what you have. Be contented with what you have. Be contented with what you've been given. Prestige. Your duty is to wake people up to pray. Your duty is to lead devotion. Your duty is to do this. Some people, your own prop, you don't even do what you're meant to do. Do your job. Face your sight. Do your own. Remove your eye, start looking at someone, you start envying, you start wanting, you start demanding. Next thing, you start rebelling against the authority. We see you were the one, and maybe even have the audacity to directly confront and say, what? No, no, what? If you are hearing my voice, and you are wise, don't rebel against any authority, especially spiritual authority. That God puts in your life. In the past, we've spoken about physical and civil authority many times. Don't rebel against any. But specifically, don't rebel against spiritual authority. You might seem to even succeed. You might say, oh, when God wants to deal with you, it will look as if you succeeded. It will seem as if what you said brought results. Which result? Which result? That was defeat. Pray, pray the leader got up, slapped you and said, get out from here. Pray. That means he has judged you, you won't be judged. But if he doesn't judge you, look at this guy. Nugu. He's going to actually go and make sense. I thought the guy is not your leader. You're doing what he's saying. I thought he doesn't know what he's saying. I thought God would have spoken to you what should be done to prove the chosen one. How come he's speaking to the person you're saying is taking too much? You see your head? That's how people behave. It is obvious he's your leader. How come he just lay down his face and got up with instructions? You, that have been cooking this riot, this rebellion since. What did God tell you? Doesn't he show? One of the easy ways you know the one God chooses. God tells them what is to be done. It's not too hard. You watch them. They may even look confused. Next thing they go, mm. they may go on the floor, they may whatever, but they usually want the easiest ways to know who God has chosen to do something. Who is the one that he keeps giving the directions to? <laughs> it's not that hard. And you yourself, better learn to watch. You may go to a place. We've heard of many, heard of stories of a junior pastor overthrowing a, a senior pastor. Heard a story. Uh, who told it? Sister, do someone else. I've heard more than one. And he goes, the pastor travels. By the time he comes back, the guy has taken half of the church. And they followed him. And God, and he's invited to that church to preach. And God says, don't go. And he wonders why. Something like that. And God said, that foundation is, is going to fall. He sees a church. We don't understand why God is saying that it's going to be a disaster. Long story short, he gets to find out that this guy stole, his pastor traveled, trusted him, committed, he left. He used the opportunity, told them, listen to me. This man is not really called to something, something. And, and grabbed members and left as the man traveled. That is a pure, just wrong. Even if he was called to do whatever. The man came back, he couldn't find, he was like, what's happening here? 
So he, he started a church that was under a curse from the one. And of course it disappeared. It disappeared. Scattered. Nothing left. With lots of disaster. There are many people like this walking around, floating around under some terrible rebellion curse like that. And you, and you don't have any idea. There are families you go to. Husband and wife married. And they are not. The woman stole someone's husband from the wife. Was staying in the house. And stole the husband. And there you are trying to pray. Oh God, visit this family. That's why I told you, don't feel like you're crazy. Always pray, God, tell me what to pray about. Pray in the spirit. Hey, discover. I'm, I'm seeing something I don't understand. Is it that I'm not married? Because I'm seeing a broken ring. Have anything? Nothing is my husband. See a wedding picture in court. Maybe God shows you mercy and tells you, No, no, you're not married. No, she was staying in this woman's house, stole the husband, kicked out the other woman, or left. There's nothing you can pray for that couple, nothing in this world. Utter waste of time. And there are many such scenarios. You could take that and extrapolate into multiple uh, examples. But in church, many, many gatherings like that are full of rebellion. People, so many church groups started from rebellion. Want to leave a place. God said, move. Go away. Like me. Don't know what to do. He says, Move on. And I say, yes, sir. And I move. I didn't tell a soul. My parents were in the same church. I didn't tell them. The only person that knew was my wife. Because we had to pray together. By the way, my wife was still going after a while. Till she saw them knocking out solidly in her dream. And she stayed back by herself. I don't force people. I can fast as long as I like. I won't force you. You can do anything. If you like. If you don't like. Who is forcing you to? Ah. Then you say, it's my pastor that made me do it. No. 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 If I love you, well, I said, come, come. But you know now, all of you know, no forcing, no pushing. How many of you have I made fast here before? Apart from some days ago. And one other time, two years or so ago, that was the whole church. How many of you have I told, I need you fast? I didn't ask you to fast. I didn't say, I think you should fast. I need you fast. <coughs> How many? I can't see any hand. <laughs> I don't make you. I suggest, I hint, I advise. Do what you like. Don't say I made you do anything. If I like you, I won't kill you. I may tell you, come on, gun. But I haven't even done that. Very rarely will I compel you to do anything. I left quietly. Seven days. That church was praying for seven days. I told my wife, let's pray. So I was, I prayed in the house. Every day I'll come out from the office and we pray together. Pray. Briefly, every evening. Pray. And God began to speak and clarify. And we knew, I had, we knew. 
uh, you know, we were supposed to leave. I don't know why she kept going after that. I even forgot she kept going. She reminded me some years ago that she kept going. <laughs> I said, me, I'm quick to agree. <laughs> stayed back. And that was it. When my mother realized, you know, like, realizing, he called, she, she must have told my father to call me. <laughs> because I was over the Bible study unit, I was responsible for me. And she was like, what will all these people do? All these children, all these, she couldn't imagine. The office I was working, my boss was in the same church. He called me. I don't know what's wrong with you. When you make up your mind, that's how you make up your mind. Nobody can change it. I agree. Because it takes a long time to make up my mind. But when I make it up, and I don't make it up with my head, I make it up in front of the throne of God. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. So, you mortal, what are you saying, sir? Do you know where I got my instructions from? What are you talking about? I don't take instructions from men. God has spoken. I can't be discussing democracy. Let's vote. How many of you should I leave? Should I? If I didn't leave, you wouldn't be here. And there I was obeying. The time I left, now promotion, now I get to, I left. I didn't tell a soul. Because I don't want a single person to say, um, uh, you're living, I heard you're living. Hmm. You know, in this church, in the, this is how I've operated. Stir up no waters. Cause no trouble. Do not create discontent. None. Quietly. Quietly. I told the Oga at the top. Only. Letter. Only. Only. I was gone. I resigned from my a job. It's done for. That church, I was there for 12 and a half years. This job I'm referring to, I was there for six, six and a half or seven years. Seven and a half years. I didn't get a cent for it because I didn't tell a single soul except your God at the top. Because I didn't want a single soul to come and be telling me. Um, um, so are you living because stir up no waters, cause no trouble, cause no rebellion, do none, and you'll be wise. You'll be very wise not to create discontent against authority. Even if you think they have shortcomings, Carry your mouth, shut it up, and go away. If Korah had a problem, and he was real, what should he have done? Humble Moses, I know it's not hard to have a problem. Can I see you? Of course. Are we to understand the extent of our calling? So, from what you said, you're seeing the priests, like Aaron and his children, your brother, Aaron, his children, your nephews, you are saying they are the only ones to do this, and we are the. Do you think Moses would have gone? What do you mean? Uh, 
No, it's not Moses' time. He'd have gone at yes, yes, Quran. Yes. Private consultation. Eh, aren't you thinking? And Moses have gone. Let's ask God now. You know that's how I do it. Let's inquire from God. Let's go to the tent of meeting. And God has spoken. Moses, my son, is a Quran step forward. Did God do all of this? Have you read the Bible? Then God sent for Aaron and Miriam. Say, come here. They murmured somewhere. God sent for Alda. Who wants to be sent for by God? <laughs> Have you read that story? It's a, it's a horrible story. The Bible says God called for them. Summoned them. As like a father. Three of them. And then he told Moses, uh, Aaron and Miriam. He said, step forward. <laughs> then he began to talk. He didn't get a response because there was none. Then smoke filled the whole thing. Then he departed. And when he leave, now they come to Miriam. Maybe they went like, Phew. Aaron turned and looked at Miriam. She was white like snow. <laughs> you know the priest can't have that person. If he is qualified, he can't do his work at all. So God knows how to punish. He's in different ways. Later, to Aaron, come here. He knocked him, he died. Put his son. Not immediately, he was not. Because Aaron won, he said, holy unto, unto the Lord. He couldn't have, he wouldn't walk, like, contrary to. And different, and I've said, I suspect it's Miriam that started it. Number one, she was a woman. Number two, she was the oldest. Number three, Aaron tended to follow whoever pressure came from the most. You don't think so? Why did he make a golden calf? Do you hear how he told Moses how he made it? He said, they brought me their gold. I threw it into the fire and out came this thing. Have you seen? <laughs> a, a magic calf. <laughs> What does that tell you about Aaron? Every time I think of Aaron, think of this week. I'm not there. Be careful. Great cloud of witnesses. We've been seeing Aaron around this compound. Father, you see my heart. It's not in my sleep. Now, because of illustration, I can't enter uh, trouble because of the man. Leave me alone. No illustrations anymore. I mean, you hear me? I don't abuse Gideon. I don't abuse John. I don't abuse anybody. I don't abuse because uh, I don't live like they used to live. <laughs> Not that someone that would have put in a good word for you now. Mm -hmm. Father, you see my heart. Uh -huh. So, <laughs> but I, I have the impression Aaron was a bit, you know, weak-willed. Because they pressured him. How many people, if they told Joshua to do that thing, would they have done it? Would have said, kill me instead. How can I make a golden calf? Are you guys crazy? Didn't you hear God just tell you, second commandment, that's why I make no graven image. How dare you? Come on, God. But he went along. He says he was very angry with Moses at, uh, Aaron at that time. So he seemed Aaron used to be, I suspect Miriam was the instigator. And Aaron was like, mm, 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 mm. Like some people like that always can't take a stand on anything. Who was he married to? 
a Cushite. Some of the translation will say an Ethiopian. There were two Cushes areas, one in Africa, one in that axis, median axis. So don't think, because people have wondered if he married another wife. No. Because he married a wife and he ran out. Imagine what he looked for. I hope he was also envy. Oh yes! She said, is it only you got talked to? Just like these guys. The same thing. It's always envy. Have you not heard where there's envy and surface ambition? There's confusion and every evil work. It's always. That's in the New Testament. The book of James chapter 3 tells you. Envy and selfish ambition is at the root of rebellion. Someone has to be envious of someone. Someone must want what, what, what someone else has. Please, if you find yourself rebelling, don't deceive yourself. Please hear me, because when I share this sometimes, some of you haven't, you still be thinking of others and others, and you're thinking, but in my own life, when I'm rebellious, it's not because of that. It is. I've told you, always agree with the Bible first, then ask God to explain it to you. It is. You want to be your parent. You want to be in charge. You don't want someone to be in charge of you. You're envious of the person's authority over your life. That's why you're rebelling. Take note, rebellion is not the false accusation of when you're trying to obey, you're obeying God and someone is trying to force you to obey them more than God. Have you heard me? Be it your parent or anybody else that is trying to. Obeying God is number one. That cannot be rebellion. Have you heard? Anytime you're obeying God and people, people used to kill people because they wouldn't obey them because they're obeying God. So it's not that. Now that we have finished dealing with that one. Rebellion of any, when you are rebelling wrongly, it is that you, you would want to be the one that decides how things are done and you are kicking at the authority. <coughs> God has placed over your life. You don't approve it. You don't approve God's methods. You don't approve that things be done that way. You would want to be in charge. You would want to handle things. You would want to be in the spotlight. You don't like being playing second fiddle. You don't like playing there's a third or fourth fiddle. You don't want to be the person in the background. You want to be the one that is seen. The one that is heard. The one that handles it. The one that does it. That is why. To always behind rebellion. I ought to be the one in that office. I ought to be the one handling this. I ought to be. That's what happens. Why are people giving them all that regard when they would be giving it to me? Why is it when they say something, people, I don't know the Bible more than this one, but they take his words more than. So you're trying, there's an inner battle. Have I sat down on that people that I felt I understood scripture more than? Yes, now, what do you think? But I sit down in totality, drawing everything I can from you, rejecting the one that is wrong, that I'm sure of, but accepting every other thing, and having zero desire to take your place. You don't take this honor, no man takes this honor upon himself to be in the priesthood. It is God that must call you. Korah didn't know this. It always leads to confusion and every evil work. When you see confusion and evil works in a place, there is this. Rebellion is confusion. Rebellion is evil. You'll be wondering what's happening here. What leads to all this confusion? It's rebellion. What leads to rebellion? It's envy and selfish ambition. Someone has a selfish ambition. What's a selfish ambition? 
Is ambition bad? No. But selfish ambition is. <coughs> ambition is a desire, a goal. You're pursuing something. I have an ambition to finish my Bible in two months. That's an ambition. It's a good and godly ambition. Have a desire, an ambition to be the most loving person they can be. Beautiful. I have an ambition to walk in the gift of prophecy. Good. The Bible says you should desire earnestly. A selfish ambition is, I have an ambition to be the person that if our pastor is not around, I'm the one in charge. Everybody does what I say. A selfish ambition, an unselfish ambition is, I wish that if our pastor is not around, whatever is done in this house will be God's will alone. Whoever he will use. And if you are like Solomon and God says, you are the one that is going to be king. You say, oh God, give me the wisdom to do it right. That's not a selfish ambition. That's a godly ambition. Wisdom to rule, to be in charge properly. Selfish ambition is, I will be king. And your name is Ataliah. And you wipe out all the seed royal. You kill them all. So there is no competition. That's selfish ambition. Selfish ambition is you killing all options that might come against you. Doing all you can. People do this in churches and in places. Someone acts extra nice, extra faithful, extra loyal, extra. All of that trying to position themselves. How do you know what selfish ambition? Um, I am getting ready to die. I am considering that you will be the one that is in charge. And the person goes, What? After all I said this. You can see, the person would have been the worst king, the worst leader, because he wasn't real. He wasn't service. He was selfish ambition. I would definitely be among the leaders. Pam, you're not. You storm up. It's definite that it was not service. It was selfish ambition masquerading as service, love, faithfulness, commitment. Make sure you deal with every iota of selfish ambition in your heart. They're like, how do you do it? Do it when it's enjoyable, do it when it's not. Do it when it submits. The, Romans 13 says you should submit to every ordinance of man for the sake of God. Submit. So when that person that does not know the Bible as much as you says, I will be sharing three days of the week, then two other people can share on any other day. And you're like, okay. And you don't fight it. You don't whisper to someone now. Wow, she can't even share. If your mouth is eating you that much, go to them and say, don't you think maybe someone else should... Even though it's not the best thing to do, but you have not... Maybe you have not even sinned at all by saying that. But if you start whispering behind, I don't know why people cannot recognize their gifts. As you just say that, God looks down from heaven on you. And the look is not a good look. 
You're about to get a knock from on high. Therefore, you and all your company have assembled together against the Lord. And Aaron, what is he that you murmur against him? Then Moses summoned Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, but they said, We will not come up. Are you know Dathan and Abiram? You know uh, solidarity. <laughs> when people support you in your stupidity. They call them, you see they're getting bolder. He told Korah what he told him. I don't know me, he called him aside and told him. The Bible says, he told Korah. Moses said to Korah, listen now, you sons of Levi. I don't know why he says sons. I don't know if he was alone. But Dothan, uh, maybe he left. I think he must have left. See, I hope you know this was mercy. Oh yes! Oh, you don't understand. Every step is mercy before judgment. It's always mercy first. Mercy charms over judgment. And here was Moses. He summoned Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab. They said, we will not come up. They're getting bolder. <laughs> uh, me, when they come in the other time, I didn't go. Is you that likes it? If you have any friend like that, you don't like yourself. So take some friends that will kill you. Uh, because before this show was over, they were all dead. For really. And Moses didn't send a hit squad. Moses had no answer. Except to talk. Is it a small thing? Listen to what they answered. Is it a small thing that you have brought us up out of the land that flows with milk and honey? <laughs> do you hear those guys call it the land that flows with milk and honey? And you see when him whom the gods would slay, they first make mad. Did you hear what happens? So you didn't hear me where I talked about confusion and every evil work. See there. They say, is it a small thing you have brought us? Have, is it a small thing that you have brought us up out of the land that flows with milk and honey to kill us in the wilderness? Now, do you want to make yourself a prince over us? They are giving us more explanation. You want to be a prince. You want to be a king. This was your plan, eh? Came out here to be king over us. Look at these guys. God, because they defeated them, instead of seeing that they were disobedient, they got angry. They're getting harder. Are you seeing, are you seeing the hardening process? They're getting harder. Instead of saying, oh, we disobeyed Moses, we shouldn't have gone to fight these people again. When will we learn? They got angrier. This is what happens every stage of discipline you get. You get worse. Moreover, you have not brought us into a land that flows with milk and honey, nor given us an inheritance of fields and vineyards. Are you seeing the covetousness in the heart? Do you think you can blind these men? We will not come up. Moses was very angry. And the Bible says, be angry and sin not. Have you seen Moses was very angry? He got kicking out of the promised land because he was very angry. No. Be angry and sin not. 
when he struck the rock twice, he was angry and he carried out an act of disobedience. He sinned. He was angry and sinned. Even if you get angry, it's better not to get angry because most people, when you're angry, you sin. You have no self-control. But if you get angry and you don't sin, maybe there's a chance. It's the sin. It's not the anger. But for many, the anger leads to sin. Moses was very angry and he said to the Lord, are you seeing what happened here? uh, Please, uh, please, please, hear it. And he said to the Lord, have no respect for their offering. I have not taken so much as one donkey from them, nor have I harmed any one of them. That was it. Did he say God punish them, kill them? He said, God, when they come with their incense, don't receive it. Remember how God didn't receive Cain's offering? This is all that Moses said. And he pointed out that he had not done them evil. That he didn't deserve this thing. Because, remember what I said earlier, if the person deserves it, maybe you can hide. He didn't deserve any of what they were doing to him. He didn't deserve it. Moses was very angry. Okay, I've read that. Then Moses said to Korah, You and all your company present yourselves before the Lord, you and they, and Aaron, tomorrow. And each of you take his censer, put incense in it, and then each of you present his censer before the Lord. 250 censers, along with you and Aaron, each of you with his censer. So everyone took his censer, put fire in it, and set incense on it. You remember when God told those people, you want to eat meat, I'll give you meat. And the people actually went to eat the meat, some, some didn't go. The Bible says, while the meat was still in their mouth, they hadn't satisfied their desire for meat. They started dying. I hope I've taught you many times that it's not every time God says, uh, Balaam, go, that you should go. It's not every time someone tells you, it's okay, that it is okay, for the deaf and dumb. It is not every time they silence from above, that it means approval. Because some things are just bad. Why did they still do it? Pride. They should have known things were not okay. Uh, I hope, I hope you guys don't chicken out now. And you go that, for what? For what? For, for what? She have slept and woke up. She have, maybe your wife would have told you, ah, darling, ah, I, I don't think, oh, ah. That's why when you're around a bad plan, when people are murmuring and complaining about a bad thing, don't be around there. Don't be there. Don't join them. It tends, evil, don't be deceived. Evil company comes good manners. So everyone took his censer, put fire in it, set incense on it, and stood at the entrance of the tent of meeting with Moses and Aaron. When Korah assembled the whole community against them at the entrance of the tent of meeting, 
Then the glory of the Lord appeared to the whole community. Remember the last time the glory of God appeared? Do you remember the last time the glory of God appeared? What happened? Judgment came forth that you will not enter the land. The glory appeared again. For those that think that whenever the glory appears, it's goodies. No, the glory means God showed up. When God shows up, when you have involved God in something, when God is called to sit over a matter, oh, please be in the right. Other than that, ask that that counsel be cancelled, repent, and run away. People are too bold and fearless. I believe, but I believe, I'm giving you information now. A lot of the judgments that will come in the days ahead against so-called servants of God will be in these kind of scenarios where people challenge, where Elijah says, come to the mountain, the God who answers by fire, and people will show up and take the challenge, and God will strike them down. It will be someone trying to act as though all is well, when all is not well. And God will bring his judgment. If they turn back and stay away and refrain from seeing it through, they might escape. But the one who tries to show boldness in a wrong matter will discover that God has no partiality in him. So you better actually be right. Never do things. Let people see. Uh, people saw. Uh, I started arguing. How am I going to now agree? How can I agree like that? I, it, it will now, they will now know I was wrong. Please be wrong and alive. Then to, uh, try to appear right and dead. By then everybody knows you are wrong too. Of course, except you are suicidal as the children of Israel. You see what I am talking about too. The glory of God, the Lord appeared to the whole community. The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, separate yourselves from among this community that I may consume them in an instant. Do you see God talking? This is a, do you remember the last time he showed up? He, he, do you notice he wasn't in the mood? Oh God, may, may, may you never put God in this mood. Because when he enters it, it's not a safe place. And the church of God has not known this. And many disasters have happened due to this. And they didn't know what happened. Because they are blind. They don't know the judgment of God. They don't know his ways. Separate yourself from among this community that I may consume them in an instant. Guess what follows? Then they threw themselves down with their faces to the ground. And said, O God, the God of the spirits of all people, Will you be angry with the whole community when only one man sins? Are you saying that it's like the people gave their support? They heard about it and were like, mm, 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 we have not been able to enter the land. Mm, they brought us here now. Now we can't enter the land. They've forgotten that it's because of them that they didn't enter the land. I've seen people that try to blame leadership every time. So every kind of thing. Even when it's their fault that that situation arose, they still blame again. You have a meeting on someone's head, they complain that you took long. It's you that made the meeting last. Eh? Sometimes, how many times? You stand here, you're preaching. You want to end the meeting. Holy Ghost says, oh yeah, start. 
another 30 minutes or one hour of another message because one sinner soul in this house me I want to go <laughs> is there no and they stand up in the middle of it and leave now thank God most of the time I have no idea of who is the sinner soul but sometimes after they are gone you are like wait where is this person Sometimes, somewhere, there are times, some, it's time that tells me who it was. Events and issues. Or they stay, and they leave you, and they're complaining. See, this is my problem. They always take too long. But it's because of you that that meeting lasted. That meeting that ended, that repentance that came for another 30 minutes, one hour, was because of you. And you complain about time. They are the ones that made them not enter the promised land. And they are the ones that were complaining. How does that make any sense? Moses was suffering because of them. And Aaron. But they were complaining. The whole community obviously was involved. Moses and Aaron didn't really get it. You know God knows things we don't. They begged. So the Lord spoke to Moses. Do you see? Tell the community. This is how he saved the community. For a short while. Get away from around the homes of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. Get around from these particular homes, families. Dwelling places, churches, get away from these ones, ministries. Then Moses got up and went to Dathan and Abiram. Remember they refused to come the day before. Moses got up and went to them. They still proving Gaga. And the elders of Israel went after him. Seventy of them. And he said to the community, Move away from the tents of these wicked men and do not touch anything they have, lest you be destroyed because of all their sins. So they got away from the homes of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram on every side. Are you seeing the people? They start responding to authority. And Dathan, see how God saves from rebellion. He makes him move away from rebel, the rebellious person. If he had gone ahead and judged the rebellious, the people that were keeping company, a, com- a companion of fools will be destroyed. Don't be deceived. God is not more. Evil company will corrupt good man. If you are around, you are friends with wicked people. The judgment of wicked people will come to you too. It's a principle unavoidable. Have you not heard how many times of people, they were together. How many times? Did I, when did I tell a story here? Was it not here that I told a story a few weeks ago about a young boy dying in a pool of water with his friends? Is it up to a month since I shared that story? Has another one not just happened? Do you know I just realized? 
Were you here? It's not up, up to a month. Where I said, I told you a story about a young boy, went with friends, and they, they, they don't know what happened, but they found him in a pool of water. And I said, it was in this video. I heard it just happened again. In this video. How many times now? A week ago, it's not more than a week. I saw a notice. They say a young boy in Abuja. Someone posted, I don't know when it happened, I didn't see a date, but they posted it on this thing, gone too soon or something. Young handsome boy, 17 years old or so, was with his friends, paid money, wealthy, and they say he was struggling in the water, and the other one said, Leave him, Joe, he does Langa too much. In Abuja, who, did anyone see? If he was not friends with those people, would he be dead? <laughs> friends let God be true and every man be a liar don't have bad friends don't have wrong friends a wrong friend some people when you say wrong friend they say it's true you have to be careful you pick don't have bad friends when you rip you have not had there are people in prison because of who they were sitting with that's all they got there, they arrested everyone. There are people that are dead because of who they were sitting with. They opened fire, they were aiming for one person, you were around. It took you out. There are people that have been raped because of who they were with. There's nothing that has not happened to people because of who they were with. When God wants to show mercy, He comes ahead. Move away from around this kind of person. Move away. As I've told you, you don't say I'm a Christian, I love God, but you like hearing gist. Like how many times have people got into trouble because of the gist they said that was gisted? We heard you were involved. Have you ever heard a rumor of this kind of talk? I heard that you people were sitting and gossiping about trouble. Say so, no, I, mean, I wasn't, so someone cannot be somewhere. <laughs> a company you keep may deprive you of sleep. You don't have to do things. You have to disobey God. Keep wrong company. Just be disobeying God. These ones were wise. For once. So they got away from the homes of Korah, Datan and Abiram on every side. And Datan and Abiram came out and stationed themselves in the entrances of their tents with their wives, their children, and their toddlers. Who knows what Mama, Mrs. Abiram should have done? Mrs. Duran, in her job. That's what she should have done. But solidarity forever. You think you have not heard that you are to hate father, mother, even wife, even your life? It's not a joke. It's real. It came out. Darling, come. You are not afraid of this man. The face of stupidity. You are about to die. You don't know who not to keep with your toddler. Imagine. Just wiped away their generations. Just wiped with the small one. The consequence of bad leadership. There's nothing like the ground separator and say, What the innocent little babies? Little baby, evil company, corrupt good manner. 
l'un des brises. Papa, dis-moi, livre des brises. What was I to know? I was just new in the Lord. You knew he is a sinner. When he said, come here, just a small kiss, you should have known he was a sinner. What was I to do? You know, Tunji is the, he is the, have left the place. He told me, just lie, just tell them that God will forgive you. Don't worry, everybody sins. Do you think me as a pastor, I don't sin? <laughs> you should have left the place. Then Moses said, this is how you will know that the Lord has sent me to do all these works. For I have not done them of my own will. Who does it sound like? Am <laughs> I hearing? Am I hearing Jesus? A prophet like unto me. And the Lord your God sent. And you will know that the Lord has sent you to do this. I haven't done them of mine. So. If these men die a natural death, not if they don't die. If they even this die, they will die. It is normal. Or if they share the fate of all men, like normal men, then the Lord has not sent me to show you the extent which this matter has come. Pride. But if the Lord does something entirely new, the thing was coming to him, and the earth opens its mouth and swallows them up along with all that they have, and they go down alive to the grave, then you will know that these men have despised the Lord. Not me. Not Aaron. The Lord. That's how you know who they despise. When he had finished speaking all these words, the ground that was under them split open, and the earth opened its mouth, and swallowed them, along with all their households, and all Korah's men, and all their goods. <laughs> they and all that they had went down alive into the pits, and the earth closed over them, so they perished from among the community. All the Israelites that were around them fled at their cry. Ah, they cried? Okay. Okay, boldness gone. Fled at their cry. Ah, ah. For they said, what if the earth swallows us too? We haven't finished. Just hold on small. We are done. What a marvel. Then a fire went out from the Lord. You know, where do you think those 250 men were? You think they were standing there? Do you think they were running to? Hear something. A fire went out from the Lord and devoured the 250 men who offered incense. They were there. But I think they were, ah, run. The fire went out. Come back here. Come back, come back, come back. Picked 250 of them. One to two. Who told you to offer that thing? They said, offer, you offer. They said, put them in fire, you put. They uh, bring it. He went and hammered it all night. Pakam, pakam. You're about to die. You don't know you're about to die. You know, they use their thing to build. The Lord spoke to Moses after this. He's not finished, though. 
But I'll have to stop. Tell Eleazar son of Aaron the priest to pick up the censers out of the flame. For they are holy. What is holy? The censers. It is those men, I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> Bring those censers. They are holy. Why? The moment you, they brought it and get, they, God claimed it. God does not waste. Bring me those censers. Kill me. I think the people have been ashes. Or just dead. It's not the first time. Strange fire. Don't bring it in front of me. Strange fire. Fire without authority. From the wrong source. Wrong prayers. The rebellious prayers. Praying from a place of rebellion. And then scatter the coals of fire at a distance. As for the censors of these men who sinned at the cost of their lives, they must be made into hammered sheets for covering the altar. Because they presented them before the Lord and sanctified them, they will become a sign to the Israelites. A sign. To be remembered, this is where sin, for they gave their life for their sin. Use it, put it on the altar. Everybody comes here to offer sacrifices on the brazen altar. Use it as a covering. Create something. Cover. Let it be a sign. Whenever you come, you remember, ah, people died when they tried to offer nonsense. Do you remember? Do you remember people died when they offered nonsense? Remember as you're coming with your own sacrifice. Be careful of what you're offering. Make sure you're not giving God just anything. So Lezer the priest took the bronze censers presented by those who had been burned up and they were hammered out as a covering for the altar. It was a memorial for the Israelites that no outsider who is not a descendant of Aaron should approach to burn incense before the Lord that he might not become like Korah and his company just as the Lord has spoken by the authority of Moses. The authority of Moses. Moses, uh, Aaron had the mandate but God spoke it by the authority of Moses. Now verse 41, the one that just kills me. It's amazing I'm still standing. But on the next day, this is, I think it's demonic. But on the next day, the whole community of Israelites murmured against Moses and Aaron. This suicide saying, you have killed the Lord's people. I don't know you used to do this to them. I don't know. <laughs> I wish it wasn't still happening now. It doesn't seem to make sense. Like how many layers of foolishness? When the community assembled against Moses and Aaron, they turned toward the tent of meeting and the cloud, cloud covered it and the glory of the Lord appeared. <laughs> God is tired. I know what I mean. I know what I I'll be coming anyhow. You don't be seeing me. Want to see me at work? I've come. The Lord spoke to Moses. Sorry, then Moses and Aaron stood before the tent of meeting. The Lord spoke to Moses. Get away from this community. You see, let me add my own words. Maybe what I told you yesterday. Didn't I tell you? You, you like postponing the inevitable. Me, I see the end from the beginning. I told you, let me wipe out these people. He said, no, 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 no. Get away from this community so that I can consume them in an instant. Guess what follows? But they threw themselves down. With their faces to the ground. Automatic mode. Look, every time. God, please. God, please. But learn from it. If you happen to have it, leaders that are constantly interceding, always asking for mercy, be careful. Watch. Watch. 
Then Moses said to Aaron, Take the censer, put burning coals from the altar in it, place incense on it, and go quickly into the assembly, and make atonement for them. For wrath has gone out from the Lord, the plague has begun. This time he didn't stand up with the usual God answering. The other times the God used to say something, say, no answer. So I think while he's waiting there and doing that, he's normal. Then he starts getting the vibes. He's a prophet now, so he goes in the spirit. And he starts seeing what's happening. Hey, Aaron! So Aaron did as Moses commanded and ran into the middle of the assembly where the plague was just beginning among the people. Here, just beginning. So he placed incense on the coals and made atonement for the people. He stood between the dead and the living, and the plague was stopped. Now, 14,700 people died in the plague, in addition to those who died in the event of Korah. Doesn't include them. Then, Aaron returned to Moses at the entrance of the tent of meeting, and the plague was stopped. Do you hear that the plague was just beginning? At the beginning, 14,700 died. At the beginning. Imagine if, imagine if Moses was not prophetic. It was only Aaron the priest there, tearing Bible, explaining, you know. Imagine, imagine if Moses was not prophetic. Oh my God, please. Lie down on the ground every time, beg, beg. There are times that even Loving, merciful leaders are ignored by God. Are you hearing me? Oh, please, may you hear and fear. Because if you think that every time you say, God, please have mercy, it works. We've had warnings even in this house that God wouldn't listen to every, I beg. I just showed it to you in the Bible. In case when you heard those prophetic words, you said it's a lie. What kind of prophetic word is that? It's not scriptural. I've just shown it is scriptural. God can ignore a begging leader. For those that went around in January, we saw many things. When we saw an angel come, among the things they saw with the angel, the sword, the sword was wet, and it was that when this sword, the blood, was wet with blood, but that when the blood dried, that judgment would take place. We saw, I mean, I had words that said, shift, that we won't be listening to you like we used to before. I'm going to bypass. So, when, if you see me say, please, please, and I get worked up, it's because I know that has been said. That it is no more, Father, mercy, mercy. Over and over again, we've seen the Lord respond in mercy. But he had told us in January that it won't be so anymore. That it won't be the same way. All that I beg, I beg. That he will ignore, I beg. At some point. So I'm begging you. As we're going to pray for just a minute. It's a Bible study. We pray on, on Friday. I'm begging you. I have questions? Oh dear me. I'm begging you to, I think you should read them out. Where's the mic? I'm begging you, everyone, pay attention. I'm begging you to 
not be like this. Please, do not think what they did was strange. People are doing it right now, today. In the churches of God, people are hardening their hearts, being disobedient to what God says, receiving mercy repeatedly, and they keep blaming someone. Every time you blame someone, even for consequence, let's say someone does something wrong and he's disciplined, and you stand and say, I don't even know what kind of shepherds they are, what kind of pastor this is. Is that how they, in the Bible says you should leave the 99 and run after one sheep. How do you know how much they've run after that sheep? What do you know? Every time you think in your heart or mind, um, um, uh, the leaders in this place, they, they, every time you're blaming them, every time you hold them responsible for something that you actually are responsible for, you attract God's displeasure. And I pray and hope nothing will happen to you physically. But know that whatever choice of discipline God takes, that this is a stage we cannot stop it. Because you have, you have hardened your heart too much. You have resisted all forms of correction. And I pray and pray and pray that nobody here will qualify to be like a Korah, a Dathan, or an Abiram. Or 250 who follow. Or the people who constantly make it a default reaction to blame leadership. I'm not speaking to this congregation. I'm speaking to everyone hearing this, wherever you are. Provided the leadership is not wrong or out of line. And even if they are, go and tell them directly. But those who have a knee-jerk reaction... The truth is, you hate leadership. The truth is, you have a problem. You're rebellious. So, you're kind of glad whenever you hear someone challenging leadership. You may not know it. Remember, the human heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Many people don't know this. But it's something I observe. With humanity. I've observed it in human society. That there's something that is like waiting for an opportunity in many people to rebel. To speak against authority. If you know that you have those traits, make sure when we pray today, you pray and say, God, purge me of this evil. Forgive me of this evil. Something that just seems to default to being against leadership. There's envy and selfish ambition somewhere in there. Find it, isolate it, and get rid of it. Don't blame. Adam and Eve should have taught you not to do that. Find out. Test all things. Search it out. Ask questions. Don't believe it because it was said. Do you know what Moses did? No. Ask. Does that sound like Moses? Someone said, are you sure? Let's go and ask him. Don't just go along. And say, eh, would they have said if it wasn't so? Yes, they could have said if they were, if they have selfish ambition and envy, they can say anything. That's how the leaders got Jesus crucified. They crucified him. And the crowd joined. Thankfully, when Peter preached, they were caught to their hearts and repented. But most of those leaders, they, they were slaughtered eventually by the Romans. Because they got harder and harder. They wouldn't repent.
I'm going to take the questions, but let's take our offering while the questions are happening to save time. Father, we thank you for the privilege of serving your household. We thank you for the provision you've made available for us, for meeting our needs daily. We thank you for helping us. We thank you for moving on the hearts of different people to give faithfully. We thank you for giving us to give. I ask that you cause a replenishing, an exceeding replenishment to all these ones. And I pray you that you continue to allow there to be no need in our midst. Do more than we ask or imagine. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes, so the baskets will come around quickly. Read the questions, please. In the rebellion, God punished Korah and family. Then who are the descendants that are spoken about in other places in scriptures? I don't know. Amam. Korah and his wife and his children. When you look at the Psalms, you hear about did you notice that Korah was the son of Kohat? Maybe one of his children traveled. <laughs> maybe, maybe they were in another tent. Maybe one young boy ran away to one place like this. Maybe we can dig for an answer, but uh, go on and ask the next question. Please, how do you balance the soul that sins shall die and they will suffer for your unfaithfulness? Well, let me say this before I move on to the next question. Um, it is even possible there was another Korah. Maybe it's not exactly that Korah. But on the other hand, this Korah, when you look at David, you know, the sons of... The Bible talks about the Korah... Korahite clans. The Korahite clans. And um, this is Numbers 26. Listen to something really strange here. Numbers 26 verse 10. It tells a story about Eliab in verse 9. Verse 10 says, The earth opened its mouth and swallowed them and Korah at the time that that company died when the fire consumed 250 men. So they became a warning. Verse 11. But the descendants of Korah did not die. Did you hear that? The weirdest thing. In verse chapter 16. Um, where we just read yes if you look at verse uh, it's the talk was about Dayton and Abiram's family and then Korah was referred to with his men not with his family okay that's verse oh it's true we talked about Dayton and Abiram coming out with their wives not the family of Korah. Very easy. The answer is, is done. I hope you heard that. It's true. 
Okay, second question. Please, how do you balance the soul that sin shall die and they will suffer for your unfaithfulness? I think, I, did that question come before I explained all those things? I think I have answered that. So, no. The topic leave you very sober. It should, it should, it should scare you spitless. And it's really important. Because rebellion is so common in the body of Christ. There are churches all over that started from rebellion. All over. One reason I said I'll leave a place and never stop anything. I will because, because of how seriously I take not doing anything like that. I, I can't even invite people and say, oh, we started something if you'd like to come. Even people I know that love that would want to partake in what's happening. I don't even invite them. I don't even tell them. I don't even tell them. I say, oh, come. So it won't seem as if I'm pushing you away or pulling you away from where you are. I may be able to tell others, but you, if you were, well, oh no, don't want to seem to be behind any of that. If you think I have the Spirit of God, come along with me. If you think I've been a blessing to you, then you should have come along. You should have looked and said, ah, this is a person that has helped me know God and grow in God. Then, so why should I tell you to come along with me? How? Where you got to, you, I have, maybe we were in that place. I found, I helped you stand. I taught you the ways of God. Then I moved. You're still standing. What are you talking about? I won't, if it's me, I wouldn't call you. I'll just go. I don't know if it's right, but. One time, there was someone, after a long time, years had passed, and I just hinted. I said, well, um, maybe you should. The problem was like, mm-hmm. I never leave you. Mm-hmm. Inside me, I went like, Tray. see how you almost broke your rule. But it wasn't, it was years after. And now I was trying to show love. But again, people get attached to places, attached to things. But the wise don't get attached to anything except God. Let's pray and ask God concerning rebellion. First of all, ask God to forgive you for all envy and torture. We've already dealt with this in the past, but maybe it, is, it comes again. It comes every time you observe someone or something. The devil, it's an of the enemy, it's a flaming arrow. Ask God to Forge you and quench all arrows of envy in your heart for against anybody at all, anywhere, even against your own brother and sister. You have one minute, Father, purge me of envy and selfish ambition, envy and selfish ambition, wrong desires, jealousy. Forgive me and cleanse me, deliver me and remove from me all of this, O oh God. Purge me, O Lord God. Father, separate me from confusion and every evil work, O oh God. In the name of Jesus. Next prayer is that God will deliver you from false repentance that is very brief and doesn't last and always ends with your thinking and coming up with another rebellious choice. Complaining and murmuring. Ask God to purge you from that pretend repentance that is usually brief and then ends with another complaining session. Pray. 
Father God, deliver me. Every time I claim to be, to repent and say I'm sorry, then I go back to blaming, 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 pointing fingers. Not taking responsibility. Forgive me for this. Cleanse all such wickedness from my heart. The pride that does not take responsibility. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. This prayer is very important. Ask God to forgive you for every time. That anything that you have against leadership, you just have something, whether it's in this church or anywhere else, just having this demonic thing, it's being spread all over the earth through the movies, it's being spread through, through books, music, rebellion. It's being spread. The devil knows what he's doing. So you keep watching movies where someone rebels against authority and succeeds. If it's an American movie, the boy will be like 12 years old. Then the mother will say, or father will say, don't do it, and you do it, and you'll be successful at the end. And there will be hugs and kisses. Have you watched this thing? All the time. That's how rebellion is being impacted. Children that think they are more intelligent than their parents, more intelligent than the principal, more intelligent than the leaders in their life. You see that fellow that they will tell to do something and he disobeys and results in salvation for all. It's from Satan. Rebellion is like witchcraft. Now you know that you, you, you just don't like being under authority. How do you know? You're always unhappy. It angers you, it stirs you up, it rubs you wrong. Ask God to forgive you and again deliver you. And help you walk humbly with the leadership that God gives you. That may not lead to destruction. Pray. Amen. Finally, let's ask God that our lives will be rebellion free. Pray. We will not have the consequences of Saul. We will not endure Dathan and Abiram. Everything that tells us don't respond, don't go, ignore, despise, disregard authority. Everything that says complaining is allowed. What am, is my mouth for? Dear God, deliver me. I receive grace to be humble, to humble myself. To see my wrong. Ask God to deliver you from hardness of heart. That makes you so blind. That you don't know when you're fighting God day and night. <coughs> While looking at people. Ask God that you never mix up his servants with him. That you will know. That when you're disobeying his servants. Him he sent. That you're disobeying him. That you will not differentiate the sense from the one who sent him. That God will help you identify his servants, those that are doing what he said, that you might comply with what is being said. 
Jesus, help us. Help us. Help us. Thank you, great We thank you, great God. Father, we ask that this house will be free. Lift your hands. From rebellion. That no spirit of rebellion will exert in this place. And we ask you that you give us wisdom to handle all challenges that may ever occur wherever we find ourselves. We ask that you defend those who speak for you. And we also ask that you soften the hard hearts. And that hardness that results in more and more and more hardness till there's confusion every evil work will never take a root or hold on to us. That no matter where it may be in our office, wherever we might find ourselves, that we will never yield to this spirit, no matter how much it burns, even if we have a reason for it. How much more when we have no reason whatsoever? We will not give room to envy and selfish ambition. We will serve humbly, continually. We will yield. We will see ourselves as servants to all men so that the promotion that comes from you will content us. We thank you. Father, go with us. Bless everyone here in the work of their hands. And cause their incense to be accepted. Thank you. In Jesus' name, we pray. We pray you receive eyes to see, ears to hear, and an understanding heart. Remember, test all things and hold fast to what is good. For more information, visit our website at gods-lighthouse.org.